Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 261 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted. Alongside me today is Matthew Kyle. We're going to spin you through the world of video games from the last week and talk about a really huge game that I have been waiting to talk about for way too long. We're mm-hmm. finally going to discuss Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, came out like right when E3 started. Yep. Just haven't really had an opportunity to discuss it, and I've been excited to discuss this game for quite a while. So we're going to get into that. A couple other games we've been playing as well. Uh, we just did a show on Friday. I don't know if we've ever done a turnaround this quickly on Game Face. I don't know. Not this. I mean, we've done turns that fast when like we actually did a best of. Right. But that was different. Yep. Um, and well, actually, our last episode was kind of a best of E3 yeah, episode. Close, but but uh, so we're back with the normal rigmarole with Game Face talking games, talking hot stories. Uh, one note before we get started today, we will be out next week. There is no Game Face. Remember this. There is no Game Face next week. Do not come to twitch.tv slash games and look for the show next week. I may be completely out of town and unable to even go to chat to tell you guys it's not happening. Matt is gone. I'm trying to be gone. The flights to go to the East Coast are absurd. Uh, so I'm just hoping that like, as the week wears on, the prices start dropping a little. The chances of that happening are probably slim to none, I would Tra- guess, at this point. Traveling cheap right now. Yeah, it's, it's really... Gonna, it's more of an end-of-summer thing, I think. Yeah, well, apparently air flight or fly, flying is as popular now as it was in March of last year. Yeah. So it's all very quickly gone back to full speed. Until you get there. You yeah. can't get a car. And then get in a car. Yeah, because rental cars are like six to $800 a week mm-hmm. now. Normally, they'd be like 150 a week mm-hmm. when I go home. So... I'm trying to get home. I haven't been there in almost two years. I haven't seen my mom or any of my friends or any of my family back there. So I'm trying to make it happen. Um, But anyway, regardless, there is no show next week, next Tuesday. Uh, So this is your last fix of Game Face for a little bit. Also, a couple notes. You guys may be wondering, where's Pactor Factor? Pactor is on vacation. Um, We tried to record a set of episodes right before E3. He only had time to do his E3 predictions episode. Um, And so as soon as he gets back, which I think is on Monday of next week, we're going to record episodes for Look for Questions for that soon. I did notice some patrons who were pledging at the $2 a month to just get Pactor Factor dropped this week. Hmm. I'm sorry. Um, We are beholden to Pactor's schedule. If he doesn't want to do the show or can't do the show, there's nothing we can do about it. However, we did get you guys like a 30-minute long uh, episode of Pactor Factor with his E3 prediction. So I was hoping that would hold people over. Apparently, for some people, it did not. I understand if you're pledging at $2 a month just for Pactor Factor and you're like, Where, where's the show? I get it. Um, but people are really impatient. Yeah. It's it's funny. I think it's there's people just People like, got to live, folks. There's just this squirrel wheel of online content. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we suffer the churn as bad as a lot of people. But I've talked to a lot of influencers who say if they don't upload a video every day, they watch their numbers just fall, fall, fall. Mm. It's crazy. Meanwhile, I, I am a Patreon like subscriber to a couple of YouTubers who haven't put anything up in months. Right. Yeah. Because you're not impatient. Right. You understand that people have lives and things sometimes yeah. happen. And or... usually when these particular people come back, they have like a three-hour video or something. Yeah. So they, they're working on something big if they haven't. Well, some of them, that's what they do, right? Right. They put out a video and they go back to work and they work on it a month or two and then they mm-hmm. come back with another video. And if your videos are doing millions of views, right. you can do that and make an amazing living. Mm-hmm. Um, but- for people who are on a squirrel wheel and they put up a video every day and it does 100,000 views or whatever, 
Um, they can't really get away with doing that because they'll lose all their audience. So uh, I hear you, Patreon people who are Pactor Factor level. We're doing the best that we can. I hope you would trust that I am always doing the best that I can to get you as much content as possible. Another wrinkle is that this week Vincent is on vacation. He's in our chat. Vincent, I hope you're having a nice vacation, time away from the site to do whatever the heck you want. Glad to see he's decided to check in for Game Face when he has free time. Hmm. Um, But he's out, so I'm handling a lot of curation this week as well, on top of wrapping up E3, getting this show together, blah, blah, blah. I know you don't want to hear me whine, and I won't whine anyway, because I'm very lucky to do what I do. Um, If you're listening to this show out on the wilds of the internet, that could be anywhere. It could be Spotify, it could be iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're pretty much out there anywhere. And you want to support the show, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's sifted without the E. Um, You can pledge whatever you want, but if you want Game Face early, you have to pledge at $4 a month or more. Um, Everybody else has gone at least 5 bucks at this point on Patreon. Hmm. And I, I don't know how that works, Matt. Like, how do you get people to go to the $5 tier? Like you, it doesn't happen automatically, so it's like, how do you convince everyone who's pledging it four dollars to bump it up a dollar? Like to me, it, for us anyway, it sounds like a very dangerous decision to make. But we are definitely cheaper than everybody else at this point. In fact, a lot of the gaming patreons are at six dollars a month to get stuff early. So anyway, four dollars a month, you get all our content early, everything: Pactor Factor, Game Face, um, all the shows that we're doing, Three Night Weekends, Game Pass or Fail, all that stuff. You get it early. Um, if you're at $4 a month or more, and it would be awesome if you could check it out. Um, our numbers are pretty good out on the podcast services. I finally started putting that stuff together for my E3 media registration, and I was pleasantly surprised by how many people are listening to GameFags mm. out on all of the different podcast services. Um, when you add them all up, it's actually a pretty mm. impressive number. Out so, of the vast of night. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's really what it's all about now is distribution. Yeah. And we're also trying to figure out how to get ads into our podcasts. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but... Apple Podcasts just finally launched like a paid thing where you can get ads running in your podcast. You have to pay Apple to yeah. get ads so they can make money off of you. It's not much. I think it's like 25 bucks or something. But still, they're collecting $25 off of people to make money off of those people. I'm just like, really? Like, I almost don't want to do it just out of principle mm-hmm. so that Apple will get the message and then they'll come back and be like, okay, it's free now. Like, it is everywhere else. Like, I don't have to pay Spotify to run ads in our content. It's it's bizarre, but that's the world that we're living in. Um, I think we're ready to get on with the show. No really big announcements. I kind of got through them already. Um, but before that, we have a word from our sponsor. It's time to find out why everyone is buying homes in Montana. The Shazer Ryan Realty has a totally remodeled four-bedroom, three-bath home for sale in Libby, Montana. Nestled next to the mountains on Libby Creek, this split-level home features almost 3,300 square feet of living space and includes a fully finished basement, a two-car garage, a barn, a shop, and much more. There's a covered back porch just off the kitchen, so you can enjoy your morning coffee the way nature intended. At $479.9, it's an absolute steal. They're selling homes as fast as they can list them. So if you're interested, do not hesitate to call Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643. Even if you don't live in Montana, you can contact the professionals at DeShazer Ryan Realty and they can help you with property in your area. For more, head to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. So I see Sneaky Shalad Shanaik, that's how I always say his name, says he cannot use Patreon where he lives. Hmm. 
How is that possible? I don't know. I don't know where he lives. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that it was outlawed in any territory. I don't know if it's outlawed, but it must, you know, I assume these places have to have permission or, or access to financial stuff to I guess. do business in a country. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, well, if you are in that position, if you live somewhere where you cannot use Patreon, you can always subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Um, and the prices are a little different there because YouTube takes a gigantic cut mm-hmm. of the money. It's like working with Apple on the App Store. It takes 30% of the revenue. Uh, so we had to boost the price a little bit. It's like $5 for everything early. Uh, or no, it's $5 to get Pactor Factor and Game Face early. And then it's $6 to get everything early. And even at those prices, we're actually losing a ton of money compared to if somebody were to pledge on our Patreon. So that is an alternative. Um, If you go to any of our videos on YouTube, there's always instructions on how to subscribe to us on YouTube. And while we don't get all the revenue that we would get somewhere else, we do get some. So we've tried to find a middle ground on those prices between what people get on Patreon and what you get per dollar on YouTube. And with that, it's time to get on with the show. We're going to talk first about a game that Matt hates, <laughs> or at least he claims to hate. Mm. Um, Final Fantasy Origin. I refuse to use the Strangers in Paradise <laughs> prefix. It's just absurd. We're just going to call it Final Fantasy Origin here on Game Face going forward. It is There is a free demo up on the PlayStation 5 store right now and only on the PlayStation 5 store. I've seen some people complain about that, Matt. Chris Kohler, who a lot of you may know, he's worked as a journalist mm-hmm. on a ton of outlets. Kotaku, I think, was the last one. Now he's in development, like indie development. But he was saying that like he's very angry that he's unable to play it because he can't find a PS5 and it's not on PS4 or any mm-hmm. other platform. Um, I think I mentioned that before, and you said, yeah. well, he's not missing much. No. And I mean, obviously, he should be able to play it because it's part of his career. Yeah. Um, well, he's not a journalist anymore. But. No, but he's still involved in the industry, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it's important to keep up on the trends. And that was one of the top trending, you know, on so, social games of E3. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, important. But uh, yeah, like if you can't, it's bizarre that he wouldn't be able to get a, you know, a lot of people actually that would, weren't able to get a PS5 from Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this should have been uh, should have been on TikTok more, <laughs> or YouTube, or social media, or whatever. Yeah, that seems to be the metrics that publishers are using now to get product mm-hmm. out to people. Pactor still doesn't have a PS5 or an Xbox Series console, which is pretty crazy. Um, I mean, you would think he's an influencer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, my guess would be that this is something they made like in case there was a show floor this year yeah. and that would only be for one system yeah so they just released it so people could play uh, you know if e3 had happened in person i assume that this would have been their big demo on the on the booth yeah for sure so instead they just gave it to us which uh you should just do that anyway right yeah like that should just be what e3 is now yeah you should just put up a bunch of demos instead of making people wait for an hour on a show floor i think people would like e3 a lot more i think they would but then it wouldn't be called e3 it'd be called something else right it'd be called good good three <laughs> b3 or whatever Stay home three matt have you gone back and played this since you gave it a no first i inst- uninstalled that garbage you did there's only, there's only so much room on that ps5 well so i heard you when you said mm-hmm. it was terrible and awful and I ignored you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went and played it anyway to find out for myself. I didn't mean it in the sense that you shouldn't play it. I just, yeah. it's, I will never touch that again. Okay. How much did you play? Like 10 minutes. Oh, okay. Like I just, 
I I don't know. There's a there's a point at which like you know once you some some things you put in your mouth and you know you don't want it in there anymore. Yeah. And that was this game for me. Um, I think you should have kept playing. <laughs> you can think that. <laughs> we'll uh, never know. <laughs> I. So I'll say the first thing I'm going to say is I believe, especially for what we're playing on PS5 right now, the game looks terrible. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the art is bad. The technically it's bad. The frame rate dips down to like 20 frames per second sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to judge a, a demo too harshly for that, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. I try not to, but mm-hmm. when it's this bad, it's hard to ignore. Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I assume the I, final I, game will run better. I. Think it probably will. I don't know if it'll look any better. I don't know if it'll look. Yeah, I think I think you're running up against. It's a little weird. Like, have they announced that this is PS5, like next gen only? I don't think they have. Because it feels like this is def. It really feels like a PS4 game. Oh, it was up-res. absolutely built for last generation. No doubt about. It. Like, I've been playing, and we'll get to it late, a little bit later in the show. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Playing this game, going back to back with Ratchet. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean I I think again, like I said, I think the demo was just made for PS5. Yeah. And this it'll be on everything eventually. So but which explains why it looks the way it looks. It, like, I mean it's pretty obvious that it's been in development for a long time because yeah. this demo is actually pretty big. Um I managed to play it for like 45 minutes before I had to do other stuff mm-hmm. and didn't uh, have more time to play it. Um and I think it goes on for like another 15 or 20 minutes after that. Hmm. Uh, so it's a pretty big demo, which means that this has been in development for quite a while. This isn't something that's been started work on in like the last year or whatever. But you could also argue that Rift <laughs> Apart has been in development for quite a while. Uh, mm-hmm. To have a game like that that's you know, almost 15 hours long come out in the first six months of a platform, that game's obviously been in the works for quite some time. True, but it, also it's been in the works by Sony's first-party people who have a vested interest in selling the PS5. And they also versus, know how it works better right, than anyone versus, else. Versus Square, who has a vested interest in selling as many copies of this as they can, so you don't want to limit yep. it to the system that nobody systems no one can get yet. Now, typically, Team Ninja's pretty good on the technical side. Yeah. Back yeah. in the Xbox era, they I mean, were I mean, they, one of the best. They were one of the first to value frame rate over everything else. Yeah. And really try to hit those targets. Yep. I mean, the, if you look back at the original Ninja Gaiden games, they were bleeding oh, yeah. edge at the time oh, when yeah. they came out. Like, some of the very best-looking games in the industry. And Team Ninja's developing this. And after you kind of discuss what you had played, because it isn't just Team Ninja. There's, like, this other team, yeah, the Dissidia team at Square. And- is also working on it. You can feel the Dissidia. You can, um, and so when you said that, how how poorly it, you, you thought it was it played, I was like, okay, that means the Dissidia team is doing most of the work on this. But now that I've played it, I don't believe that at all. I do believe that Team Ninja mm-hmm. is handling I, the bulk of the. Development. I have a feeling that Dissidia did a lot of the design, and Team Ninja is doing a lot of the implementation. That is my guess. Yeah, they're programming everything. Dissidia folks maybe mm-hmm. decided the scenario. And I will agree with you, Matt. The plot, the characters. First of all, I can't even tell this is Final Fantasy. <laughs> you can't. I, I can, but only because it is the same kind of embarrassing as many of the most recent Final Fantasy Because of the cheese. Yeah. But, I mean, otherwise, like the art, like some of the enemies. I, mean, I recognize uh, Golbez or whatever his name is. Who is that? Garland. Yeah. The, the G guy. The armored G guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of the enemies, I've been like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But I think most people, if you put this in their hands and just said, 
play this and tell me what franchise you think this is. I think yeah. most would struggle to say it's a Probably Final not. Fantasy. I mean, like the good guy running around with a giant sword is kind of a hint, but it doesn't wouldn't necessarily make me think of it. I mean, that's just Japan. It's just everything now. Yeah, right? I mean, almost all Japanese games. I mean, have... that just this guy basically just means somebody played Final Fantasy VII at some point, right? And wanted to make a blonde guy with a big sword. Yeah, um, it's. Yeah, it, it's it's weird, especially because like we talked about before, if you really wanted to do like the original Final Fantasy one story sort of redone as a reimagined legend, like there's a lot of room for that in terms of visual design and what you could do with it. And the fact that you do this with it is baffling to me, um, especially even, even on top of that, like the, the, the world, like the, the environments and the enemies, like more or less like it's more or less work in terms of that but it just feels like the three guys are from another game yeah it's very strange it is very strange so if you're a big final fantasy fan i would not go into this expecting oh my gosh this is the next final fantasy whatever and that's what chris kohler was complaining about he's like oh my gosh the next big final fantasy game and i can't play it because i don't have a ps5 i mean this is is a spin-off of all spin-offs yeah that is that is not the vibe you will get while playing this, this is not final fantasy 16 right 0.05 0.05 or yeah. anything. It's like, it's, no, this is not... You don't have to play this, I don't no, think, no, as, a, as a Final Fantasy no. fan. You're not going to miss out on canon or anything no. like that or some important plot twist is going to no, ripple you're, through You're the just rest not going to get to kill chaos. Pretty much. <laughs> and that is the whole... This First of all, the trailer that we all saw, that is all from the demo. Yeah. Um, the demo is entering Chaos's castle, fighting through the castle, and then fighting chaos at the end as a boss fight. And once you defeat him, that's when the demo ends. So maybe there isn't as much of this done as I was saying earlier, because literally the whole trailer is cut from things that happen in this. Um, now, people have called I this... I mean, they've clearly got the base game played down. Like, yeah. you know, it's m- more of a matter of building out more levels and stuff. I mean, right. Know, the, this is the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not like smoke and mirrors or anything. No, like it's a, a, as a demo, you are going to get a very good idea of what this is. You will get a really good idea because you can play it for like an hour. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everyone said that it's like Final Fantasy Souls-like. And I think that is that is pretty accurate. There's, there's some in there. It's more Final Fantasy Devil May Cry uh, with like... It's harder than Devil it's, May Cry. It is harder than Devil May Cry. It's also clunkier in terms yep. of like the systems on systems on systems. Like that's the thing is like... It get, it get already in the first like ten fifteen minutes. It was like okay, use R one to do this, but then you can use R two to, to do a stronger hit. But that uses MP, so to get MP back, use R one more onto the until the yellow bar goes away, and then you can hit circle and stomp on the thing. But you can also use stomp circle to parry, and if you parry the right thing, you can use it back. But then you run out of that thing, you run out of your break. But it's I'm just like you know what, fuck, I'm just gonna play Devil May Cry. Like, it's uh, very complicated. Yeah, the and, combat system, and you go in your inventory, and you can set which thing happens when you hit R two on each very very variation of combos and there's a whole skill tree for each class and you incrementally go up that and then you can get you know armor for every single imaginable part of your body and oh, like yeah. it's there's like, like 12 it's, armor pieces it's just or like, something what maybe like, not that much maybe like 10 <coughs> and i get that there's a certain segment of the audience that likes this sort of micromanagement to the extreme degree but i am not one of them like it's <laughs> like to, and it's also it just throws it all at you at once mm-hmm. um, and i don't know if that's how it would be in the main in the final game but it is how in the demo and i'm like I don't care. It's like, overwhelming have, at first. You haven't done anything in this game to make me actually pay attention enough to want to learn any of this yet. Yeah. So, like, that's a problem for me. And, like, that was the main thing was, like, all right, like, I kind of get it, but I don't – to to be a, a proficient in it, I have to, like, practice a bit more, and I don't want to. Yeah. 
And like I got, you know, I was did like three or more, three or four more fights, and I'm like, okay, like why am I doing this? Like you know, it's, it's like I'm not gonna finish this game. I'm not gonna finish this demo. I'm not gonna learn how this works because I don't care because it's a single player game. I don't need to learn the intricacies of this weird combat system because I'm never gonna have to fight another human being with it. Yeah. And as a fighting game player, that's the only reason I would do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun. Like, I don't find anything rewarding about it. Like in Devil May Cry, when you get to pull pull a big combo off in Devil May Cry, I think that's fun. I you know I think it looks cool and it's like there's a reward to it. This just feels like I it's have hack, temporarily hack, outsmarted hack. the fucking designers in their stupid system sandwich. And like I just hate it. I just fucking hate it. <laughs> I, it's it's the it's emblematic of everything I hate about modern Final Fantasy. I think Final Fantasy is an embarrassing franchise right now. I mean, I would agree with that. Like fifteen, it's one of those seven games remake. Where if, like somebody this, walked in the room while I was playing it, like I'd be yeah, a little. But embarrassed. all I mean over, I mean game mechanics. Every I think the yeah. whole thing is a disaster right now. And like as you know, I think it peaked with six, which was when I was in high school. There've been a few I liked. I like eight, okay. I like nine, pretty much. I like twelve a lot. Uh, and that's and I like fourteen. Uh, although it's hard to count the MMOs really as, mm-hmm. the, as the same series. Um, but like, basically, since Final Fantasy twelve, I think it's been a giant train wreck. And this does nothing to change my mind. Um, it, hopefully, sixteen is something special. I think they should take Nomura and make him work on Kingdom Hearts mobile games until he quits. Like <laughs> I am completely done with his aesthetic and his weird. Thing where he wants to put like like alt like eighties era alt rock people into a fantasy setting. Like I don't get it. I don't know who who thinks that's cool yeah. other than him. Like I have had enough belts already. <laughs> like I'm done. Like just give me something a little more traditional at this point. Well, as you're seeing in the B roll, this game is really loot heavy. Pretty yes. much every time you kill an enemy, something is dropped. Yeah, which is a weird choice for this kind of game. Like it's not like there isn't loot in Dark Souls, but it's. It's not this overwhelming. And each one is like a level higher than right. the thing that you have. So you're constantly, you're constantly pausing shifting and going around. back and re-equipping stuff. Um, the game is challenging. It's not as hard as the Souls games. And the reason is I think it's not as difficult is because the save points are far more plentiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you literally fight like a handful of enemies and there's another save point. Now when you do save... Yeah, it is very generous with the save points. Yeah. That's true. Now when you do save, all enemies respawn. Mm-hmm. And I believe you lose, like, your max possible magic points a yeah, little bit. Yeah, like, any, any extra magic point bars you've built up uh, go, away. go away. Yeah. Um, so which is not that much of a – it's not that much of a disaster. I'm sure later in the game uh, it's more of a problem when you want to use bigger stuff uh, to fight harder enemies. But, like, yep. in the demo, at least what I, the brief part I played of it, it didn't feel like a massive penalty. It seemed like a pretty reasonable – Pretty reasonable penalty for wanting to rest. Yeah. Now, like Dark Souls, any enemy can kill you. Yeah. Even the little elf that I'm fighting right here. Yeah, if you're here. not paying attention, they'll get you. Like the, the those little goblin guys hit pretty hard if you're not paying if you're not yeah. paying attention. And they all have their own attack patterns. So you have to memorize those, learn how to block. There's there are two different kinds of block in the game. There mm-hmm. actually there's three. So there's just a traditional block where you can just block and you absorb most of the damage, don't take much damage. There's a parry. So mm-hmm. if you time it, you can parry around them, and then you have a little opening to get an extra attack in. And then there's this thing called – let me see if I have the thing right. It's called like soul something or other – soul shield. So when enemies attack you with a projectile, if you tap the circle button at the exact right time – you essentially catch their spell or their mm. projectile, and then you can throw it back. And 
So you have three different options. Sometimes more than once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, um, I've caught a fireball and then sent, like, six fireballs yeah. back at the enemies. And that's, like, you tell that because it's the attack they use is purple. Right. And I thought that system was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The problem is, like, constantly deciding how to block. Right. So it's, like, you just don't block with circle, or but then you do, like, the strafe around with, like, the X, but then you do the traditional blocking with the L1 it, it's as you said, it's crazy complicated. Mm-hmm. And like mastering that stuff and getting it into the flow of combat in a game with this high of stakes can be a little frustrating. Yeah. And there's a little, you know, like I do see, uh, while a lot of the base system, like the, the design of the systems feels Dissidia esque, uh, a lot of the implementation, which is why I say I think Team Ninja did it, um, feels a little like Neo. Yeah. In how that works. Yeah. And the, the difference being that like Neo's systems, I don't think are quite as opaque yeah um and feel better and also like neo's setting and aesthetics encourage me to want to get into it and and be better and learn it more Mm -hmm. and this just makes me want to go home yeah like it's it's you know uh, there's something about neo that's real cool and you want to see what's next and what's around the next corner what horrible weird japanese mythological thing is going to fight you next Mm -hmm. and this is just like oh my god what are you wearing <laughs> um, and every well, that every new constantly every new torso armor I get makes it worse. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, then some of the armor is complicated. Like there, I found a pair of pants. Why, yeah. Why I, were the, why are these goblins carrying around a pants that not only fit me but have that many zippers? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I found a pair of pants, but then I couldn't equip any other armor. Right. So my character just has a pair of pants with no <laughs> shirt on, but somehow he's better guarded against right. damage. It, the whole thing is kind of I mean, goofy. that philosophy has worked for female video game characters for our most of our lives. <laughs> That's so. true. Turnabout's fair play, I yeah. guess. Um, but you're look, when you also when you save, you get like a replenish of potions. Just like Dark Souls, you're taking potions constantly mm-hmm. in this. Um, and it's a big part of the game is managing your potions, when to use them, when not to use them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure when this comes out, there will be people who can do no-hit run, oh, runs yeah. on it and everything. I'm but sure. Yeah. It won't be me. Your average player. Is, it's, <laughs> you know, the, Dark, the Dark Souls comparison is is not wrong. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Um, you can swap between armor sets on the fly, tapping the triangle button. It's very important because mm-hmm. you can have one armor set set up for magic, the other one set up for melee, and obviously one character can be better for the others. I will say this. The magic in this so far seems way overpowered. I think yeah. a lot of people who talk about Dark Souls in games like that say that the magic's overpowered in those. I know the Demon Souls remake, you can get to a point very quickly where you're one-hitting enemies and just walk yeah. through the game using magic. Um, I feel like the magic, and there you're seeing right there was yeah. the the Bombs. thing I was talking about, like the catching the magic and then throwing it back. Right here, you're going to see it again. Yeah, and then you grow the bomb, and eventually it'll explode, and that takes yep. care of it. Yeah. yeah, so it's I like that mechanic. I think it's cool, and it's something I haven't seen before. Um, the big it's an idea. I also like. I think I would like it better if it felt more tactile. If he if he actually did catch it and throw it back, as right. opposed to just everything being indicated by weird auras. Yeah. Which is, again, very Final Fantasy. It's corner cutting. It's more, yeah. Let's be honest. It's a way to do it without having to spend as much time and money on yeah. it. Like, one of, like uh, what, was I, what was I playing that I thought was uh, so... Uh, so, so like, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where you can catch the arrows and fire them back. The fact that you actually do see the character catch the arrow and shoot it back and then kill the guy who shot it, like, that's super satisfying to me. Yeah. If she just sort of glowed for a second and fired an arrow back, I would not find that mechanic is interesting and I certainly don't here for the same reason. Okay. Like I like the idea like the, like you know the, the, a lot of the ideas aren't bad. I just I really hate the way this feels. I agree. I it feels clunky and I feel disconnected from the mm-hmm. characters and stuff like that. 
Um, now, what Not you- as bad as something else I played this week. We'll get to that. <laughs> now, you've been seeing at certain points here, there are like finishing moves. And really the big objective when you're taking on enemies is to ba- basically break them mm-hmm. by depleting their yellow gauge. And once you do that, you hack them a couple more times, a circle prompt comes up and you can finish them off. Another common element in this game is there are these things that spawn enemies. And so you need to hack through the enemies, kill them, and then kill the thing that's spawning them. And then a lot of times it will explode and then open up a new area to the level. You saw it earlier when the big pillar fell after I destroyed one of those. Um, And so that's one way that you're opening up new levels. The level design in this, also very much like Dark Souls. It all kind of folds in on itself. Like you'll see a part in the castle. You're like, how do I get there? And you'll go around, 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 and eventually you'll end up over there. You're like, oh, that's how I get there. Mm -hmm. And then you'll find a ladder that you can kick down that will open up a shortcut so you can get back up there. Um, There are a lot of borrowed elements from the Souls games in this. However, I can make progress in this, Matt. I did Mm -hmm. not become frustrated playing this game. It's hard, and I don't have a problem with challenging games. I do not feel like this is as mean-spirited as the Souls games are. However, I don't like anything else about it. I think the (laughs) combat's okay, but, like, I hate Mm -hmm. the characters. I hate the setting. Like, they have failed to nail the things that I like about Dark Souls. You just picked up Twilight Trousers. You're not happy (laughs) with that? Like, I love the aesthetic of the Souls games. Mm -hmm. The aesthetic of this, to me, is garbage. Um, The combat, this compared to Souls, honestly, to me, they're kind of equal. Both of them feel a little clunky, a little disconnected to me. I know some Souls fans will call that blasphemy. I'm just telling you. It's not blasphemy. It's just wrong. Okay. But uh, you can can keep going on that. (laughs) I feel like they kind of feel the same. I don't feel like I have that razor-sharp response in the combat like I do in the Souls games. Um, and I, again, I know people will disagree with that. Here's the pants I was talking about, by the way. You can put those pants on, but then you're naked. And then you have the to go pants back. of night. Yeah, then you have to go back and re-equip everything if you want to be fully armored again. Right. <laughs> it's pretty absurd. Um, but to me, the combat does have kind of a similar feel. There's a similar ebb and flow to the combat, although I would argue that maybe the systems are a little deeper in this, but that's not necessarily a good thing either. I don't know if I'd say deeper. I'd just say complex. Yeah, more complex maybe like, is a better way to describe it. Um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, job affinities. So you have a job. Like I said, you can switch between your armor sets at any time. If you equip gear that is conducive to the class that you're playing, you get bonuses and buffs. Um, so a lot of times, even if you have a piece of armor that maybe is a lower level than some of the other pieces, if it's a, if it's aligned with your job, it's smarter sometimes to equip that anyway, and you'll actually get mm-hmm. better results from it. Um, and it's clearly labeled, so it's not like you have to go and, like, dig into some compendium to figure out, like, like it'll just say plus 15% right next to the armor piece to let you know that it's actually an affinity piece for you. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it from what I've got from this, from the first hour that I played of it. Uh, I will say this, like, I will give it another go when it comes out. You're right. This could just be the demo thing where they're just like, you know what? Here, you're just going to get everything thrown at you at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they do build it a little bit in the final game. I do agree that that's yeah. a big problem. It's hard to tell if this is like at the beginning of the game or like somewhere in the middle or something. Like it, it does feel like maybe you're supposed to know who these people are already, but it also like doesn't seem out of character to start this in sort of in media res, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's like this could be the beginning of the game. 
They like, could. Legitimately could be. Or we could have done like some kind of tutorial-y thing. But the beginning of this feels tutorial Well, it is a tutorial. Yeah. You play but, a tutorial Right, first. but I'm saying the final game, it might be something else. Um, but it does feel like it could be the beginning. I would say this. like, It's not very often that a developer will build an in-depth tutorial that doesn't appear in the final yeah. game. So I would lean towards the idea that, yeah, they're just throwing mm-hmm. in you into the deep end right out of the gate with this game. Um, we don't know that yet, but yeah. based upon my experience playing a ton of games, um, it seems like the more only likely... thing I would think is that like maybe in the final game that you you are introduced to these characters somehow and you have a little like sparring match between That's them possible. where you kind of learn the the basic ropes and then you're introduced to the systems when you enter the castle. Yeah. Um, well, I also found it weird that uh, like the tutorial is in this tall grass. And the enemies that you're oh, using, right. you can't see the enemies. That's right. Because they're shorter than the grass. So there is an actual sparring thing. In there. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Like when you start, and it's not in the B-roll. When you start it, there's this tutorial that you go through right. that's just in this big field. And again, the grass is so high, you cannot see the enemies. Mm-hmm. It's just it's dumb. It's not a big deal. It's just dumb. Um, which hopefully does not... It's very atmospheric, ten- but it's not very helpful. Yeah. And that's the other thing I would say about this game. The atmosphere just isn't there, at least based upon what I've played. Mm-hmm. And that again, that's something that the Souls franchise does very, very well. And I did not really see it playing for this. And at its this. best, Final Fantasy does it well. Yeah. Just hasn't for a I while. I feel like it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, but yeah, there you go. What's it called? Strangers in Paradise? Final Strange, Fantasy Origin? Stranger in Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it is single player, so Stranger makes sense more than Strangers, even though you're with a party. Oh, that's mm. the other thing I didn't talk about. The party members, they're pretty much worthless. Yeah. They die all the time. You cannot be revived, but they can. Um, so if they go down, you can try if, to get to them. If you notice. Yeah. It is hard because mm. it you, there's a vocal sample that fires off, but everything's so chaotic you don't notice it. And there's no icon that will go through objects. Right. So you don't see the icon that they're downed unless they're in ice within eyesight of you. That's dumb. So you have no idea sometimes if they're down. They don't follow you a lot of times. Like like there there are branching areas in this. So you saw earlier I was fighting those orbs that shoot fire in that hallway. Well there's a little door to the right and you can go out that door and instead of having to fight them, you can fight a bunch of goblins instead. Well I did that a bunch of times. They would never follow me out there. They would stay in the room with the fire orbs and fight them instead and get killed. Mm -hmm. And then they'd die, and if I would notice that they were dead, there was no way to get to them because they were just, like, bombarded by the enemies. Even when they're down, the enemies just keep firing the fireball. I couldn't get anywhere near them. So you can revive them. In this demo, it was hard to revive them or hard to get near to them to revive them. Uh, the other problem, too, is obviously while you're doing that, you're vulnerable. So enemies can keep attacking you. While you pause in this game, you're vulnerable. There's no real pause. Um, so if you want to switch armor or whatever, you need to find a safe place to do it before you hit the start button to bring up the menus and things like that. It's also interesting, Matt, that it uses the touchpad on the DualShock or the DualSense controller to, like, open stuff. Open stuff. It's, it's, it's like, what? <laughs> Why? Why are you making me move my thumb over there to open a door? I'll it's tell you why. Weird. It's because the the controls are right. so complicated. They use every button plus modifiers, like the magic system. You got to hold R2 or hold L2 and then hit a button on the pad to use the magic mm-hmm. in the game because the buttons everywhere else are used for different things. It's just, it's very complicated, this game. Uh, the combat system is. It takes a while to learn what, when to use certain stuff, why to use certain stuff, when it's smart to switch to the other armor sets, 
Um, I mean, I will say this. You can switch between armor sets mid-combo, and that's pretty cool. Like, I was able to, like, start off, like, combos with a couple slashes, switch to my magic caster, and finish them off with, like, some ice or fire magic. Um, so there is depth to this combat, and I think maybe watching some people who are really good at this game will be pretty interesting when it finally comes out. Um, but right now, it, I'm not as turned off by it as Matt is. Um, I, I am just as turned off by its aesthetics, but not mm-hmm. as much by its combat. I've managed to make progress in this without becoming too frustrated. I think the frequent save points add a lot to that, for well, sure. Also, it has a much more uh, forgiving uh, stamina thing yep. system. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but, like, like if the aesthetics were different and I like them, I might be willing to give it more of a shot, but it's just, like, a combination of something I don't care about and something I physically hate looking at, and that you're done at that point. Yeah. Yep, so there you go. But go ahead and download it if you want to try if you have if you're lucky enough to have a PS5 sitting around. Yeah. Um I would imagine maybe we'll get a better another demo later that is on everything. Maybe. Now they they did extend the demo for this to the 26th mm-hmm. because they missed a couple days because they launched it and it, it was broken work. and it yeah. didn't work. Um so it is extended so if you are lucky enough to score a PS5 here in the next couple of days you should be able to download it. It's not that big either. It doesn't take up a lot of space on your hard drive. Mm-hmm. Although on a PS5 anything yeah that takes up space. I will is say a this, it's a big deal, yeah. I will say this, if this is truly a PlayStation 5 exclusive, it is it's the not. ugliest PlayStation 5 exclusive I've ever seen. It's definitely not. It can't be. It's even so, it may be the worst looking game I've seen running on a PS5. Because even, like, PS4 games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla or whatever that are originally PS4 or Xbox One games mm-hmm. look way better than this on a PS5 than this game does. I mean, I played the re- the remaster of uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, so that's probably still... <laughs> that might, it might win, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, but overall, uh, pretty... A, a PS2 game, <laughs> slightly up is, yeah. is is worse. Overall, I'm pretty disappointed, though, in the visuals and the presentation in this, and... I don't remember a ton about the first Final Fantasy. I can't remember the last time I played it. So the, even the lead characters in this, I have no affinity for them, no connection to them at all. Like, well, they they weren't really characters in the original game. They were they were classes. You know, yeah. They didn't have personalities originally. Like I think they did, and when they remade it for mm-hmm. like the PSP or whatever, and they kind of beefed the story up more. But originally, it was just, it was literally just generic RPG characters go on generic RPG adventure, and well, it was like one of the first RPGs of that type, so yeah, it, it makes was, sense that it would be like between that and Dragon Quest, it kind of codify. You know, they're they're basically you know Japanese developers' takes on wizardry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the Western computer game and uh, adapted into what they thought uh could, could work on the consoles they were building them for mm-hmm. and that's what started it all like go you know the origins of jrpgs lie in wizard with the wizardry series yeah which is the first um, rpg i ever played mm-hmm. that's about sounds about right yeah yeah and, i had a buddy who had a pc i was like a child <laughs> we would it's also one of the hardest games i've ever played oh, wizardry in my life. is tough as nails oh yeah. yeah we could never get past like we would fight like the same five enemies oh, over yeah. and over those old and over games again. were like the, like those games might and magic like yeah. us, they were ultima like they were brutal yeah in places. there was like this one wizard that we could get mm-hmm. to if we had a really good run and we never beat him mm-hmm. ever no matter how many times we tried we never beat him yeah the games that like <laughs> I tried to replay the Might and Magic. I think it's four and five World of Zine. Like uh-huh. the two games went together and they formed one like mm-hmm. coherent open world kind of. And it's just 
like you had to draw graph paper maps to get through <laughs> any of that stuff. And I, it's just, it's well, it's like the old uh, text based to, to RPGs. be eight years old with infinite free time again. Yeah, yeah. All I can say. Well, we used to do that with the text RPGs, yeah. like Zork and yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. We'd be we'd draw the map. We'd yep. be like turn right, King's turn Quest, left, turn so right, like, yeah. long hallway, babblefish machine. Like, we, <laughs> I was in one of those stupid, uh, you know, advanced like gifted, talented programs, and one of the things we did in that like they take us in a little bus to another school once a week, uh-huh. and one of the things they taught us was how to play adventure games. Like they, they taught us how to draw. Now the that's maps education. We're all behind funding. Yeah, and it was like how, how to draw the maps and stuff. And like one of our one of our assignments in that was to play a game called Mickey's. Space adventure which was like my first text rpg you know text adventure mm-hmm. you know with pictures and you had to type in go west and look at thing and all that like mm-hmm. that was one of the things we did yeah it's <laughs> probably better than being stuck back learning how to spell things i already know how to spell <laughs> but i thought it was pretty weird that i got to play video games for school did they call that program gifted out here too they called it gate oh. gifted On and talented it's called gifted it was called gifted and talented education yeah. i always felt bad being in that group though cuz it's like it's with they wouldn't call it that now no not at all yeah. it was just like <laughs> can the insinuating... smart kids please right. report to the bu- <laughs> yeah it was it was uh, needlessly divisive it I made would say. people hate you for being in it because yeah. it insinuates that they're not gifted and they're like, well, what about me? I'm good at this or I'm good at that. Like, and I'm like, I agree. I don't like yeah. the name either. Like, it's dumb, but it was bizarre. Yeah, I, I don't know if they have those programs anymore. Still, actually, I don't. I'm sure they have like advanced programs, but I don't think they like visibly make a show out of removing the the advanced kids from the class to do special stuff every yeah. week. I don't think that's what happens. It was I would imagine that's not a thing anymore. A different time. So anyway, yeah. there you go, stranger. Whatever the hell it's called. Stranger in Paradise. Stranger in Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin. Where does that name come from? EX plus That's Alpha. That's the furthest thing from Paradise I've ever seen. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Final Fantasy some, Origin. Someone at Square has one of those bingo hoppers with a bunch of English <laughs> words on it, and they just pop a few balls out, and that's the title. I'm con- Ever yeah. since Infinite Undiscovery, I'm convinced that's, what, that's how <laughs> that's they do that. That's another good one. Absolutely. Uh, we'll definitely come back to this game as it gets closer to its release. Uh, but right now, all we have is this demo, and I think that's going to hold us over for quite a while. Uh, all right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Cyberpunk 2077. I think this might be the last time, Matt. It has been months since we've discussed it. I mean, not it. yet, because it's still got the final patch, and it's still got the... Uh, the is the DLC happening the now? The next-gen patch is going to happen at some point. Um, I don't know. If the DLC is happening, it better be free. I know the multiplayer is pretty much being killed. Multiplayer is dead. I think yeah. the multiplayer is dead. Um, so that's not happening. So I'm just trying to figure out what we would... Well, I don't think like the next-gen version is going to make us talk about it again. It won't make me, unless they've completely fixed everything with that. I don't know. But, I mean, it's, it's what's going to happen for me... It has to happen for me to go back and finish it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if they do DLC, sure. I um, fought through it and finished it. Um I had lots of crashes, but I just kept plugging. Right. I enjoyed it, so I was like, eh. I just kind of—I mean, I played it for like thirty hours. I had 30, 40 hours. I had enough of it, basically. I was like, I'll come back to you when you're—you look better. I, I could guess. see that too, because in the late game, that's where you really start to realize that the side missions are all pretty much yep. garbage, yep. and there's not a lot of incentive to. Keep- yeah, like I don't expect the next gen—you know—anything they're going to do to to fix any of that. That's a, that's a design issue that goes to the game's bones. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I'll wait and see what it looks like and play it on when it's finally finished, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even you know, that's back on the PlayStation store, but even then Sony gave put a warning out and said don't don't play it on PS4. Like, yeah. if you so don't have to. So that's the story this week is or actually just yesterday, 
Um, Cyberpunk 2077 was relisted on the PlayStation Store. And so you may think, oh, well, then they fixed everything and it's good to go now. No, no, no. It is not. It is still a mess. And not only that, it now carries a disclaimer on the store Mm -hmm. saying, not recommended to play on PlayStation 4. Matt, how can Sony rationalize re-adding this to the service, despite the fact that the game, in all honesty, isn't all that much less broken than it was at launch? I don't know. Why, Why are they doing it? I don't know. Money? I mean, it is. do you think it's greed? Do you think it's as simple as that? Maybe. Or like to fulfill a contract or maybe now it passes their certification, except they have to put that It did already. In. That's the crazy like, part. Yeah, but they, I'm sure they put it back through the process again. Um, I don't know. Do you think they did? My guess, oh, of course, everything that gets put up as a patch has to go through certification anyway. So, yeah, of course it's been through certification. Um, they probably looked a little closer this time. Uh, or wanted some proof of things that were claimed. but Because uh, um, remember, the problem wasn't necessarily that it didn't pass certification. The problem was that like when they asked about all the issues, CD Projekt said they'd be fixed by launch, and they were not. Yeah. I don't know how um, you trust any any developer to do uh, that. Well, usually they get it done. And in this case, I guess for once, they didn't um, on, a, on a scale that was just unprecedented. <laughs> An unimaginable scale. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I, I, I Honestly, I was not expecting this to be relisted until the next gen patch was that's done. what i figured too like i thought you'd get a ps5 version basically and then and there'd be a little thing that said like well ps4 it's gonna be very different performance matt but, do you think the fact that it sold so well despite many reviews stating how broken it was although i would argue most of them did not share as much as it, they should have do you think the fact that like so many people bought it anyway that was a big sort of I don't know, point that CD Projekt Red brought up with PlayStation was like, look, man, like we made a lot of money on this game. You're leaving money on the table by not having it on your service. People know at this point that it's got problems. Do you think that had anything to do with the negotiations? Not really. Yeah. If, if, I, if it was, I don't think Sony would buy that. Like, Also, it sold well because it was a hyped game that everybody was excited about, and the vast majority of the consumer base doesn't even know video game reviews happen. Yeah. So they didn't know until they got it. You know, like that's uh, that's that's the nature of the beast. Um, Yeah, and it's. I have two friends. I have one friend who asks me about games all the time, and he asked me about Cyberpunk, and I was like, "It's busted." I'm like, "It's cool, but it's busted." And he did not buy it. Two of my other friends who did not ask me about the game bought it, and then two days later were texting me like, "What the f? Mm -hmm. Like, what is up with this game? Like, this is supposed to be like the next big thing, and like it just keeps crashing." And they all had like base PS4s. Mm. Or a base X. Well, the other one had a base Xbox One. Oof. Yeah. And I was like, you should have talked to me, man. I would have told you not to buy it for either one of those platforms. It's crazy. And I mean, I'm just glad I had a PS5, or yeah. I definitely wouldn't have finished the game. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, I played. Uh, I played it on PS5 and uh, Series X. Um, Which was better? If you could tell. Hard to say. Like Series X ran better, mm-hmm. but. The HDR was broken. No oh, right. Like That's right. everything was flat and washed out. And on the PlayStation, you know, on PlayStation Five, it look, like it looks like the, it looks dark and neon-y and cyberpunky. And you load up the Xbox version. Even no matter how much I played with the HDR settings on it, 
and on my TV, I could not make it look right. It always looked weirdly washed out and like the lighting didn't work. It, like the lighting looked like a 360 game wow. in places. It was just, there was no shading or nuance to how the HDR worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't get it. And you look, I look at videos of like the PC or the PS5 version or, or let's load up the PS5 version and be like, it, lo- it just looked like a different game. And so part, that was part of why I stopped playing because I'm like, I'm going to wait until you fix what this looks like. Like it doesn't look good. Um, so I'm either gonna wait till you fix what the Xbox one version looks like, or I'm gonna wait until you fix the PS5 version. I'll just play that. Yeah. Um, that was my problem with it. Was it was in the end was like I was very clearly playing a visually broken version of the game, and I didn't want to start over because I'd already put too much effort and stuff into like into my V, and I liked where she was and what she how she worked, but like. I was just more, I just got too annoyed by what it looked like to keep playing it, and so I'm like, I'll wait till you're done, and I'm still waiting. Matt, what? put another 30 gig patch on the fucking thing this week, and it still <laughs> doesn't look, still doesn't look any different. Every time I turn on my PS5, it's like trying to download a new patch. Yeah, and I never have space, so it, it never happens. And you look at the patch notes, and it's just like, okay, all those things are important things you need to fix to make the game work properly, but none of it solves my issues. I don't think it is, solves most people's issues, which is that the aesthetics are bad and, and broken. Like it's physically broken. Like it literally doesn't look like it's what it's supposed to look like on the series. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's very frustrating. Matt, what? I did load it up uh, like after the not this patch, but the previous one, the big one, previous big one. I loaded it up just to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything from that game. I was just like, wait, I can do what? I okay, I got the sword and the whips and the. the where am I going? I, got, I just completely <laughs> forgot what I was doing, and I'm like, oh, I don't remember any of this anymore. Um, yeah, and I like tried it's to. It's tough with games. Like I tried this. to fight like a like a little group of like random random like punk guys. Uh-huh. And I got my ass kicked because I don't remember. <laughs> I'm like, I used to kill these guys before they saw me. Right. Like, it was just like you were all you were all decapitated before you could turn around, and now I don't know how anything works anymore. Yeah, games like this, it. They're often that way. Figure yeah. out what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go. If you get away from them for a long time, it can be I tough. just don't remember the nuances of the combat anymore. Right. So I was like, all right, yeah. I, what, what can I do? I forgot all my abilities, basically. <laughs> Matt, what precedents do you think this game has set, if any? Both at launch, with launching a high-profile game like this so broken, and secondly, now that it's been relisted on the PlayStation Store with what many would argue are not a lot of fixes or improvements, or as many as there should be. I don't know. Do you I think this sends a message to other developers and publishers that they can get away with maybe more than they thought they could with consumers? No. No? I I think anyone who thought that already thought it. Okay. Um it's uh you know, I mean there is a consequence for it, you know, and and usually these things, you know, they lost a lot of revenue having this thing off the store for half a year. Both Sony and um, CD Projekt yeah, Red. And like Sony lost some some uh, Sony lost some face on this too by lighting it through their system and having right. to pull it light. Like, right. Um, so they're all gonna you know just from a PR perspective, I think they're all gonna be a little more careful. Do you um, think Nintendo and Microsoft learned from PlayStation? I don't think Nintendo has this problem. You think their like, certification's better? Yeah, I've never seen Nintendo release something broken like that. Yeah, like on the eShop problems here, and you know, like like say Skyward Sword had that game breaker, right? And, and they they patched that. Mm-hmm. But like in general, I would say Nintendo is much better about not allowing such things to go through. Um, at least I can't think of anything. So it it didn't have a lesson to learn. What about Microsoft though? I don't know. I mean, Microsoft left it up. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it was as broken on Xboxes, but I don't know for sure because I didn't play it on the old systems. Yeah, um, but I certainly saw more complaints from vanilla PS4 users. 
the reason we didn't see as many complaints from vanilla Xbox One users might be because there's just not that many of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and they're all not buying games anyway. They're just playing. Yeah. Games. Like I don't. If you're regularly playing big games, I don't know what you're doing. Still having a vanilla Xbox. Yeah. Um. I, I would imagine. I had one. I, I mean, I still have one. I have one in a bag in a closet, but I still have it. You know. I don't know what to do with it. I was like, well, yeah. I, guess, I guess I could take it down to like the game store in Venice and get like twenty bucks for it. Like, I, I yeah, don't know. I never went up to the Xbox One X. I went from Xbox One base model to Xbox Series X. Yeah, I went to the One X when I got a 4K TV in 2017. Yeah, I can see why you would. Although mainly I wanted it because it could play 4K movies. Right. But then I ended up using it as my main console. I did not expect to do that. Yeah. But it, it did end up becoming my primary console after that. Yeah. Because uh, it ran multi- multi-platform stuff so well. Yep. And it's that's still pretty much what's happening with the Series yeah. X. And partly because if the PlayStation 5 had more storage space, I would be using it more evenly. But it doesn't, so I don't. But you don't think that what's happened with this game will impact how other developers handle releasing their projects going no, forward? No, because I don't think there's an equivalent here. You're, I mean, you're right. They're not direct analogs because... Yeah. There no I can't remember a game that was bigger than this one before release in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So it certainly was a u- unique situation, a unique yeah. circumstance. Well, especially because like you, you usually in these super high profile things, you have you know an acknowledgement or an internal internal uh, uh, awareness of the of the 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 eyeballs that are on you. Mm-hmm. You know, like the 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 real fascinating part of this, the real scandalous part of this, is that. CD Projekt Red had to know what the, what this thing was, yeah. and they did it anyway. I know. And that's what who, really bothers me. The and most. who called made that call? I mean, probably the person who made that call was a very high up person who yeah. was in the executive wing who doesn't have his hands on the actual product until you know his, his interest is in the spreadsheet, not yep. the uh, not the program, right? Yeah. Um, and you have to assume that that sort of you know that was a, a high level corporate choice that. Uh, I mean, also just the fact that that happened on a game called Cyberpunk, which is a, a genre about corporate greed and the fighting irony. fighting the system to achieve justice for the small man who was exploited. I mean, you could not be more on the fucking. <laughs> if you put that in a in a in a Black Mirror episode, people would call it hack writing. Like it's so dumb. Yeah. Um, and obviously the the team that made the game is not unaware of that irony because yeah. they've talked about it. You know, like, yeah, they've discussed And they it. knew. A lot of the guys that, and girls that worked on this game... Um, well, they all knew. They all knew what yeah. it was. You know, that's the thing. It's like people say, oh, developers... The developers who make these games, who don't make these dis- high-level decisions, they know what they're working on. Yes, they knew that it was broken. They knew better than anyone it was Everyone broken. does. The people who made the, st- the special effects for the Star Wars prequels knew those movies weren't good. Right. Yeah, but they were they put 110 percent into it anyway because that's their job. What they were working on. Yeah, Um, it's just that's how it goes. You know, the 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 people who physically make this stuff are rarely responsible for the final state of it in terms of what is decided to be done. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and uh, and I would like to think that you know. It may keep developers from seeking employment with CD Projekt, right? Yeah, I mean, I if I were uh, a developer, I mean, you might not have much of a choice if you're in Poland. Right. Or you know, there's yeah. only so much opportunity there. Um, but I certainly would, be, you know, be very cautious about, you know, the, I mean, absolutely. If I mean, obviously, if we're in doing still doing the show when whenever CD Projekt Red releases their next game. 14 years from now or whatever. Um, you know, I, if I were not in the position to have to cover it for a show or a media thing, 
I would be sitting back and waiting to see for a week, two weeks, a month, two months to see what this thing turns out like to be Witcher like. Witcher Four, you would Witcher do that? Four. I would. I will absolutely wait and see wow. what this thing looks like. Um, at least the run up and like you know like journalists that I would I would try you know because. I do think that the press is not going to give CD Projekt a break on it the, because they got raked over the coals for oh, this yeah. too. They ended up with egg on their face. So they, yeah, for good reason. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not they're not going to get away with that a second time, um, or maybe a third time if you if you played Witcher three on a PS three. Right. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know I think uh, CD Projekt has to uh, acknowledge that they now must end their sort of unofficial corporate culture of we will fix this game over the course of these six to nine months after it's released. Or longer. Which is what they did in the past with all three Witcher games. I mean, we're coming up on, what, eight months now for this? Oh, yeah, but I'm talking about the Witcher games that got yeah, the yeah. enhanced versions later. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, even though, like, you know, The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 3 were not bad at long. I played yeah, them. They were fun. Fair play but yeah. I would definitely say... That if you want to experience those games the way they should be, you should have waited for the enhanced edition, which was impossible because we didn't know an enhanced edition was coming, coming. from Witcher Two. Yeah. Well, now but we like, know, though. But now we know <laughs> you you want to hang They're around. Eventually for that. And look, it's got you know CD Projekt's reputation is going to hang entirely on what they release next and how that thing is received and how it runs and what they're doing. But for one thing, uh, design it for the hardware we got now. Yeah. Don't design it to run on some theoretical next gen system that's going to come out seven years from the start yeah. of the project. Yep. That would be step one. Yeah, I would think. I mean, CD Projekt Red had to have learned some really hard lessons. I would hope so. I would hope so. But the problem is, they still made so much money. Yeah. <laughs> so, how many lessons did they really learn? Well, uh, that's the kind of the thing is like it's going to be interesting to see how the bottom line of their next, you know, at least the pre-order bottom line is impacted by them. I think it'll be impacted greatly, uh, unless it's Witcher Four. I don't know. It's not, I don't know. Hard to say. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I will say that I do wonder because I have always thought that their next project should probably be a remake of The Witcher One. Why? Um, well, because they were already halfway through one on the on the 360, and then they they backed off of it for whatever reason. Um, but I think if you'd re- The Witcher One is I love The Witcher One. I have five copies of it on my shelf. I am a big fan of The Witcher. I have every imaginable copy of the different Witcher games on a, their own shelf in my in my office, which you couldn't see on the Zoom thing because it was on the other side of my my desk. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, The Witcher One is very very hard to play now. It is a very archaic mod of the Aurora engine, which is what Neverwinter Nights One ran on. And it's they did the best they could. It's basically not even the Aurora engine anymore because they modified it so much. But it's clunky is a kind way to put it. It's just very hard to play in a modern sense now. It's it's fourteen some years old. It's not very fun anymore to play on a, a gameplay level anymore. And if it ever was for you, I I thought it was fun, but now I don't. Re- I can't really get through a replay anymore. Um, and I think if you remake it like in the red engine, and you know, not a, you know, you don't have to you don't have to ratchet and clank this sucker. You right. can just sort of like do a nice remake of of everything, the same content, even keep the same voices. The you know, the enhanced edition English voiceover is fine. We we'll just retell the story and have it play like Witcher two and three in more of an action gamey way. Uh, and then you can bundle those three games together as the as the Geralt trilogy forever. You know, like, and it can be on all the platforms. You can have a version of Witcher One that runs on everything and isn't just stuck on the PC. Um, you have the Witcher trilogy, 
as an added revenue source to end the thing to introduce people to the character and all that going forward forever, which is going to be even more valuable as the Netflix show gains popularity. Um, just having this this trilogy of games in a nice sort of like $30, $40 collection that someone who likes the Witcher series can go pick up because they're not involved in the Witcher series. That's, that's yeah. all a different thing. But they could benefit from its popularity by having that on a store shelf ready to go when someone's like, oh, those these Witcher games. I'll, I'll try this Geralt thing. Um, and the best part is if you've watched the Witcher series, especially at where they're going with season two, probably season three, you're going to know all the book backstory shit that yeah. makes Witcher three make sense. Like that's <laughs> like, you're no serious, which, which we didn't know. Yeah. It's, like, it's actually going to be a it. better experience <laughs> if you play those games for the first time after watching the Netflix show. Yeah. Um, so I think a, a remake of one that is more in line, you know, and that's kind of what they did with Mass Effect, you know, a, a remake of one that's more in line with what the other two were would make a lot of business sense and a lot of artistic sense, frankly, because then yeah. you've got a more coherent story, trilogy. Um, but I also feel that because of what they've done with Cyberpunk, their next release has to be blow the train off the tracks like yeah. we have it has to be something you cannot deny you have to you have to have it like you said witcher 4 or mm-hmm. something that is like oh my god i need to play this game and it's you know something that's basically going to override my caution circuits yeah as someone who experienced the cyberpunk debacle you need something that's going to counteract that and i do not think a witcher 1 remake is is big enough for that i'd agree yeah i don't think so either um, so the crazy part is we won't have to worry about that for probably another five. Yeah, or six I mean we've got years. half a decade, or so we'll be in our fifties by the time <laughs> that's any really of that the happens. shame about this game is how long it took to get it. Yeah, I mean the new thing they're doing where they've got like you know, was it Montreal team? Yeah, like you they know, have maybe, a Canadian team. Yeah, maybe now. that will uh, boost the 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 you know, shorten the time. Like maybe we'll play their next big project before we're playing Elder Scrolls Six. Like we don't know. That's possible it's possible it is yeah i mean that's just kind of doubly sad but yeah. it's, but it is possible we'll play we'll play that before then hopefully we don't get the net the trailer for cd project red's yeah. next game in also the next, for like two years for anyone who's still sad that there's no fallout uh go look up that fallout london trailer did yeah. you see that i haven't seen it it's a mod it's a mod for fallout 4 but it's basically a new fallout game like a, made like, by fans made by fans the trailer is a full like Pan through the, with the with the voiceover of like a it's like like British character goes like, it's like war war never changes kind of thing it's like it's 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 real I thought it was a, a official trailer at first wow. I'm like is this a new fall did they did Bethesda announce a Fallout game the week after E3 like what is it and then it's like no it's a mod it's a new mod I'll have to check it um, out I saw Marcus posted it okay actually but it's like very if, Boom! Like it's just, yeah. it's a full conversion for a Fallout London. That's where mode. we're at, though. These, yeah, these tools are. But so I trust that available. way more than anything CD Projekt makes <laughs> next, and probably more than the next official Fallout game. If I'm being honest, That's funny. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, you may wonder how, but I'm telling you, the next game links in with Cyberpunk 2077, mm-hmm. at least in a little bit of a way. I mean, certainly in the experiential. Department. Yeah, and that game is Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. First of all, the title. Mm -hmm. Why would they go with the same subtitle that's been used before? I think to get people excited because they that those games have a the Dark Alliance games have a big following. They do, and they are cheap. They are related. I mean, uh, they are set in the same area of the Forgotten Realms campaign setting. They do involve. Uh, some of the same characters. Just Dordan is in the Dark Alliance, the original Dark Alliance games. Uh, this game is is a Drist game, like it's a Drist Dordan game. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you haven't read the Drist, the old Drist Dordan books by R. A. Salvatore, you are gonna be a little lost. 
Like it's a sequel to some of those things. Wow. Um, like it's funny to me that like some of the reviews have said that oh the lore's super deep and there's a ton of stuff to dig in here with Drist and his companions and all these and other people have other reviewers have said the lore is completely non-existent the story is paper thin it doesn't and the difference there is if you know all the Drist stuff if all the Icewind Dale stuff um, there's a ton of references here and characters that were in the books and all these and you're like oh these guys are in here and this is happening and that references this story and that, that, that. and if you don't know any of that stuff it's just generic bullshit. It's just generic <laughs> high fantasy nonsense. And it's like, it's fascinating because I'm like, those are the, you can tell who's read the books and who hasn't. I'm not saying either of them are right or wrong. Right. I'm just saying because, and, and it's partly because those R.A. Salvatore books set the tone for what fantasy novels would be after that. You know, the, you know, the, the, the Drista Urden stuff was very influential, um, along with the Dragonlance stuff. And in the same way that you can think like Tolkien is generic fantasy because it influenced so much stuff, this is like that too. Like you're after a sentient ice crystal that will grant you the power of a god and a demon wants it and an evil sorcerer wants it and liches have created a thing. And it's just like, yeah, that's Dungeons and Dragons. Like in a nutshell, it's just like Dungeons and Dragons elements come together to do generic Dungeons and Dragons story. But it's also a very specific reference to these books. Okay. Um, it's fascinating to me because I did read those books when I was younger, and it was it's neat to see all these characters show up. It's also neat to, neat to see hear them pronounced because I some <laughs> now of these, you know how they're supposed to be pronounced correctly. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, and then you could look that, but there's a couple I'm like that's how you say that. All right, sure. I'm gonna have to change that after 30 years. Of, <laughs> that's not in my easy head. To do. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, so it's interesting. So it's interesting in that regard, uh, and it's interesting that it's not called Baldur's Gate. Yeah. anymore because Baldur's Gate was just what D&D was yeah. then. You know, right. Baldur's Gate was BioWare's, you know, big RPGs. It might so have well been called The Dark Alliance. Yeah, the Dark Alliance games were essentially spin-offs uh of the success of that done as like a Diablo style uh dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they were action RPGs whereas the BioWare games were, you know, turn-based turn-based with pause, you know, real-time with pause RPGs yeah. like a what Bioware always made. Um, the Bioware games would evolve into, uh, you know, KOTOR and Mass Effect, and uh, the Dark Alliance games were essentially, you know, they didn't evolve in anything because that genre died. Uh, yeah. Um, so this is for whatever reason because those games are back again, right? You know, the Dungeon Calls are back again. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, you got Diablo 2 remake launching, you know, in a couple of couple of months. Yep. Um, this is now Hopefully. A, this is now a third <laughs> like a behind the back third person hack and slash. Yeah. Um and there's nothing wrong with that. I like third person hack and slashes, but uh this feels a little more like uh the that old uh Demon Stone game. Uh if you remember that game from I do uh, not. that that was a D&D game uh from uh uh that was on the original Xbox. Um and it was made by Stormfront? Yeah, I don't that, remember that game at all for some reason. That, it was a company that made the, the Lord of the Rings hack and slash games up in Marin. We visited there a couple of times. Oh. You, you know what I'm talking about? I it, know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name. Demon though. Stone was like, it was like based on Forgotten Realms, same setting. Uh, I think Drist was actually in that too. But you had a you had three characters. You had a, you had a wizard and an elf, like archer, rogue, and a, and a big barbarian guy, a big warrior guy, and you could switch between them in real time. Um, that game was more responsive than this game. <laughs> wow. Um, it, so this... the big question is, Matt, 
we've curated some reviews for this to Sifted. Yeah. And they've all have just murdered the game. Is it truly as bad as the reviews are saying? Yes. This game is awful. That bad. Um, and I say that as a fan of Dungeons and Dragons stuff and Dristo Erden. I think you just and, proved what a big fan yeah, of Dungeons and, and Dragons. Dark, the Dark Alliance games. Like I like everything here, and it's this is a bad game. So it's a um, cooperative, cooperative four player hack and slash action yeah. RPG. Yes. Um, and uh, the way it's set up is there's a hub with like a, like a camp kind of thing. You go you go to the you know, there's a merchant where you can upgrade stuff and sell stuff, and then there's like uh, things like that, and then there's a, a stat. It's the the way the loot works is like Vermintide. You go through the the mission and you pick stuff up, but you don't get it until the end of the mission. And if you fail a mission or quit the mission, you, you don't lose get anything. It. Uh. Uh, and then you have to pick it up out of a chest when you come back. Um, and then the way it wor- the way the quest where you go to a map table and you pick your your mission your quest whatever and then you go over to another little gathering point where all the other all the players stand together and it counts down you know mission yeah. launch or whatever and you go to the mission and you, you play the mission and so yeah, are you yeah. in a lobby with other humans like yeah. a battle royale kind no of? it's just you're just in the in a lobby with other, the exact people you're playing with okay um, you can like quick play with other players but uh, the net code is. Um, What's the technical term? Bad. Um, <laughs> it's breaking like, it down. Like it's awful. Like, like if you can find anybody, it's really not good. And there's a lot of skipping and and like you don't really you know it's you, there are like team attacks and you can launch like, team combos with certain things. And I've never seen anyone follow up with it because it just doesn't work properly. Oh. I saw a post from someone who's like saying who's saying he was playing with uh, with his wife and they were playing on two Xboxes with two TVs in the same room and the router was literally between the Xboxes on the same table and they were getting like 70 ping. Whoa. Like on the play. same network. Yeah. It's like that is a astounding. land party with 70 ping. There is going to eventually <laughs> be couch co-op, but they are patching that in later uh, uh, due to fan requests because uh-huh. the original games obviously did not on PS2 did not have, you know, they did not have uh, online play. Yeah. And most people who love those games are used to playing together on a couch. So they finally were like, okay, we'll put that in later. Uh, which at least indicates that this game is not done being worked on. And the other thing that indicates is not being done, done being worked on is it is not fucking finished. It's not finished. This thing, I'm so I'm playing this on a Series X. Yep. You know, it says XS Enhanced. It's got the little thing. Mm-hmm. It made me install it on the internal drive for full whatever. Yep. This thing runs at maybe 25 frames per second. How did they capture the footage for um, this? I don't... Man, <laughs> the fucking... Some crazy So when you PC. start... The, when you load the game up, you get, like, the pre-rendered cinema that kind of shows the characters and does a little narration about who the four characters... You know, the four companions are and, mm-hmm. and the backstory and all that. That doesn't run smoothly. Like, that stutters. <laughs> a cinematic. A cinematic stutter. <laughs> Like I don't get it. Wow. And like the um and so when you play it, it's it's a little choppy. It's playable, but it's it's choppy and you're, and you're kinda like, I don't understand why this is so choppy because it doesn't look that good. In like, the trailer it looks pretty good. It looks pretty but it doesn't really it's not like you say, it's like it's clearly not a next gen only thing. It's yeah. just it feels like a Series X should be able to run this thing better. And here's the thing. So I played it a bit last night. It went live on Game Pass last night. Yeah, it's a they, you don't have to pay for it, people. Yeah, it is on Game Pass. If you have Game <laughs> you Pass, you, you, can, money you can just put yourself through this for free if you would like to. <laughs> um, and and so I did that, and then the next this morning I was like, oh, I should, I'll play a, another a couple more levels of it or something. I got some time um, before the show, and I loaded it up, and it was 
10, 15 frames a second now off wow. a quicker zoom. Like I couldn't if I turn the camera. Off a quicker zoom. If I turn the camera, I couldn't see things. Like wow. I could and I, I went into the mission and I'm like, I can't play this. Like I can't fight things like this. So I backed out and I quit the game and I loaded the game up again. Same thing. Hmm. I quit the game out. I, I restarted the system. Still the same thing. So I tried so one. The game so I tried one more thing. I shut the system down completely. Like, because sometimes when you restart this, it doesn't really turn the system off. You yeah. Just start it as a way. Yeah. Pro I, tip, people. Sometimes when you restart your Series X, it's actually not really. Yeah. It's just sort restarted. of like rebooting the OS. It's, it's like not refreshing starting almost. Up. Yeah. Um. So I turned it completely off and left it for like a, a while, and then I came. Then I came back and turned it on again, and then it. I mean, I'm not going to say it ran well because it still ran like it did the last time, but I could play it. Uh-huh. But by that point, I was already out of time to play much more. <laughs> um, there's a lot of missions in this. So, like, the thing is, the, 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 the food is terrible, but the portions are very generous. <laughs> um, there's seven quests. Each quest is three acts, so you get 21 missions uh-huh. uh, plus a tutorial. Um, so, no lack of content. Uh, I will say this the, uh, I've only been through the first quest. Um, of the three, you know, the th- the first three act set. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't finish the third act yet because I ran out of because. time. <laughs> I left it on quick resume. We'll see what happens when I get home. Um, the uh, but basically, um, I'm I actually like the level design. Like the level design has a lot of weird shortcuts and twisty things, and you find loot and you find stuff everywhere, and like it'll turn you around. And you're like, oh, where am I now? Oh, I'm, I'm over these enemies. Like, what? And so I jump down and fight them, and then you come back. Oh, the, if I'd gone the way the quest marker told me to, I would have just gone down this hallway and come out into this room and fought these guys. But because I found this secret passage, I came around the other side, was able to jump down on them and fight them that way. And I also found loot on the way, and I can backtrack to find the stuff I missed. Like, it's very bendy and turny, and I never feel like I'm railroaded down a linear path, and I like that. Yeah, that's uh, good. And that is true. You to found the, something positive. That is true game. to the original Dark Alliance games. Yeah. Um, the other thing I will say is uh, the voice acting is good. Okay. Uh, I think the characters are, as, as uh, characters I've only read about, really, the characters I think are voiced pretty well. Uh, the story is interesting in terms of being like a greatest hits of the Drist Orden stuff because... Are there legit cinematics in the yeah. game? Yeah, okay. there are real cinematics um, between missions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there and like the, um, like the 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 MacGuffin is the the crystal shard from the self the book of the same title. Uh, there's like three main villains from the series that are all ra- coming back. There's basically a sequel to a bunch of things in the books, and they're basically all coming back and racing to get the crystal, which is sort of like the One Ring. It's sort of like an all powerful thing. If you get it, you basically are a god, sort of thing, mm-hmm. and. It's like the aftermath of the first fight over the crystal shard. Uh, so you're sort of the early on. You're sort of playing mop up after the big crisis of the previous book or whatever, mm-hmm. and you're sort of seeing like what state everything's in. Uh, that dra- ice dragon, by the way, because uh, in the um, in the books they have to fight a dragon called um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. This it's called like ice murder or ice something like that, and that is that dragon's mate. And that she, her she, she is Icewind. Uh, so if you if you uh, uh, if you know about you know Icewind Dale, yeah, that's her Dale. Uh, like that's the, the Icewind Dale is named after that dragon. Interesting. Um, which is cool. And she comes in and she ain't she ain't happy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, there's goblins all over her. Uh, goblins and ogres all over her Dale. She's just like, what the hell? Uh-huh. <coughs> so. These games generally should be one of the easier You'd genres think. to create. The, the other thing is, like, the combat just in general, even if you leave aside the technical issues, there are some choices on the combat that are bizarre. Um, How deep does it go? There's a fair amount of depth to it. Like, there's 
you fight with the you know, R1 is basic attack, R2 is stronger attack, um, that uses more stamina. The stamina bar, by the way, I, I haven't found a way to drain it. Like the like stamina, no matter how, no matter the stamina what bar do. is so generous, <laughs> I have never run out of stamina, even if I'm just hacking away at everything. Like there's a stamina bar I've never seen go below half. Wow. Um, well, that would make me happy. Yeah, you're, you're already bad. <laughs> me, I mean, I'm playing Drist, so maybe it's you, it wears away more if I'm like playing like uh, uh, a different character, the, the tank or the or, or what's his name. Uh, Wolf. Usually, it's the magic casters that. Uh, well, there is no magic character. What? Because uh, there's no magic character in Drist. Drist uh, team. Yeah, those are the four companions from the West. Drist and uh, Wolfgar is the barbarian guy, and Brunor is the the dwarven guy, and Cadabri is the archer who is the adopted daughter of Brunor. Um, well, at least they do have a ranged character. Yeah, so you've got an archer and a dwarf tank. Uh, basically, you've got an archer, a dwarven fighter, a human uh, uh, barbarian. And uh, Drist is a uh, dra- a dra- dark elf ranger. Okay. Um, and he doesn't do uh, archery. He does thrown daggers. He's more, but he can disappear. And he he's gets, like the rogue. I guess. Yeah, he can get critical hits from behind and stuff mm-hmm. with his his uh, his blink spell and stuff. You yeah. Get, so you've got your basic attacks. You've got you can do combos with this the harder button. Uh, if you uh, build up a, a meter, a, a, like a, a a power meter enough, you hit the square button. You get a powered attack. Um, you can also juggle people, and the other characters, your other players you're playing with, can build on that combo. Um, you also have the Y button, uh, which does special abilities. So tap the Y button, it goes blink. Hold the Y button, and you get something else. I can't remember the name of, but it's like a, a flurry attack. You can unlock a lot more. Um, yeah, Johnny Hurricane so, is asking in chat, how are they going to do a D and D game with no mage? Yeah, circle is <laughs> circle is dodge, tap it, double tap it, and he blinks. You know, dashes aside. Uh, you can jump. Um, that's another weird thing is like uh, when you jump across stuff or up on stuff, you're only technically supposed to be able to climb things that have like this like red cloth on them to in case that it's a climbable thing. Yeah. But sometimes you can climb stuff that doesn't have it. Oh. And I'm like, what? if there's a pattern to that, I haven't found it. Because normally you jump stuff up on like something. Stuff like that drives me crazy. Yeah, normally you jump up at something and like you just can't get up it. It's just yeah. you jump and nothing happens. But sometimes I've jumped at something and he just climbs up it. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why you did that. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, the other problem is like the combat just doesn't feel. It feels very mushy. It feels everything has a delay on. It feels like you're playing underwater. But the big thing, the thing that continue. Oh, and uh, if you see like there in the, in some of the B-roll, like there's a lot of like arrows coming down and stuff like yeah. when when that happens, you'll see like a marker on the ground, like a zone marker that shows where that's going to come down. Those are lying to you. That's you not can, the, where they're you can get come hit down. if you're standing close. To, like I've been hit by the <laughs> like the arrow storm things. If I'm like a foot away from that. Oh jeez. Like, the same with explosions. Explosions, like something you set that's going to explode, like a barrel or whatever, like we'll have a, a ring pop out like around an it. area and, of effect. And, like, if you're just standing near it, you will still get hit for, like, 35 hit points Jeez. of damage. Um, it's it's uh, the, 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 the explosion and, and area marker things lie to you in this game. I imagine that would be a pretty good, pretty easy fix. But the fact that it needs to be fixed is stupid. Yeah, um, I mean, that kind of leads into what I was saying earlier. So people are probably wondering, what the hell is Shane talking yeah. about when he was comparing Cyberpunk to this game? But this game has basically been released yeah, broken. Yeah, this feels like it is not done. Yeah. This game feels like it's not And I don't think this is a industry trend or anything. I think this is Wizards of the Coast, who owns the developer who made this, deciding to release this thing when they were on to release it, whether it's ready or not. You don't think um, that, it, that Cyberpunk has any impact on a decision like that? No. Really? Not, not even a little bit. Wizards of the Coast is just sort of... Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> um, but you don't think they could have been emboldened a little bit by that? I, I realize this game I'm isn't going as hyped to, as Cyberpunk. I will bet you money that the people who made the decision to release this when they release it don't even know what Cyberpunk is. I've never even heard of it. 
These are not a video. This is not a video game publisher. That's I get the problem. It. Yeah, you know, like they, yeah. they don't know this. It's a D and D company. Yeah. They might even not realize that they could get hammered for this the way they're getting. You know, the yeah. reviews are not good. No, they're know? not. They're like um, around a five. The other thing that really I haven't bugged, seen a, a game get that low Metacritic in no. a long time, <laughs> especially like a big license game. Even Cyberpunk didn't get hammered. Especially that hard. a big license game that's sending out like uh, you know swag bags and yeah, and, you know, they're they're pushing this on yeah. the influencers real hard. It, Probably the uh, biggest release of the week, and it's still not even working. Yeah, like it's hard because you know, that's you know, like I've always said. Um, you know, I did this for a, lo- a long time, and you can send me as much free shit as you want, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I got to spend hours playing this terrible game. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, apparently, that's not true of everybody, but I <laughs> I am more resentful that I have to play a, a a bad game than I am happy that you gave me a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. How about that? I think most people would agree with that. You would think. Yeah. Um, but like the other, so the other thing that really bugs me about this, and this is me as a hack and slash fan, a, a third person combat fan, a melee combat fan. So the way the game works, you see, it's a third person game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't s- completely control the way other th- a lot of third person games work. Like if you pull towards the camera, in most third person games, the character is going to turn around and walk towards you, right? Yeah. So in this, they back towards you, they uh, back away. So it's a little more like a like a like a Gears of War sort of I thing. I just played Shadow Man, um, and it's like that. Yeah, so it's more like Gears of War. Yeah, like that. Uh, here's the thing: like when you attack somebody, you ta- you know you don't always uh, attack because you can move them, sort of turn them like left and right. So they're not always facing the direction of the camera. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a combat situation, you're fighting things, uh, and like sometimes you get close to an environment piece, a piece of the environment, or a wall or something, the camera will. You know, automatically move away to keep not go into the you know not breaking the environment and keep showing you what you need to see. The problem is your attacks always go in the direction the camera is facing, not the direction the character is facing. That's and terrible. That, and that can realign when you do the next hit of a combo. So I have many, many, many times been comboing an enemy, and the camera moves, or I move the camera to get a better idea of where I am. And instead of continuing to combo the enemy that I'm kind of hitting in an offset angle to the camera, his next attack just goes that way and misses the enemy completely. And I do not understand how that happens in a game in the year of our Lord 2021. Because it's disconnecting you from the enemy. Yeah, which is a no-no. And you can lock – there's a lock-on mechanism that more or less prevents that – but if I'm fighting seven goblins or whatever, I don't want to have to lock on each one individually because they're all coming at me at different times. Well, I'll say this, Matt, in the year 2021, the year of our Lord, any game that re- requires that I manually lock on feels awkward now. Yeah. Like Biomutant. It doesn't do that 100%. It will lock mm-hmm. on automatically, but there were times in that game where it got finicky. And I was like, I have been spoiled by developers who have mastered yeah. this at this point. And, like, you yeah. know, like I'll, I lock on a lot in, like, Dark Souls. Yeah. But in Dark Souls, I'm generally fighting a handful of enemies. Right. You know, and I'm, like trying, to, and I'm trying to fight them one on one at a time. You yeah. know, I'm trying to, like, manipulate the situation. Yeah. For that. that isn't possible here. You're fighting groups all the time. Uh-huh. Um, I also don't fully understand how to fight the big guys yet, like, at least close up with Drist. Like, I don't – because, like, throwing his, – his knife throws don't do enough damage. And when I got up close, sometimes the dodge gets me out of their range of attack, and sometimes it doesn't. And I, yeah. I lose life, and I don't fully understand why, because sometimes I get away with it, and sometimes I don't. Um, that might just be more experimentation required, but the flaws of the game make me not want to care about experimentation. Uh, the other thing is um, there are a lot of difficulty levels for each, each level. Um, what, what do you mean by that? I mean that there are like eight or ten. I can't remember if it's eight or ten, but it's, it's when you start the mission – 
you can pick the difficulty level and it's rated by number. So like the first one's like a thousand or twelve fifty, and like basically the number should match up to the party rank rating you have. So you they you know you get a little ranking of how what level your guys all are, and so your party ranking is uh is like two thousand twenty two hundred, mm-hmm. and so you should pick the rank the you know the the difficulty rating that is like just under that or equal to that mm-hmm. and that goes out and that ch- d- determines the quality of the loot you get and how can, will that work in co-op if you have different characters of different you they just average the number somehow and you have to pick whoever's the, the party leader basically picks the difficulty that like matches the party okay like, but they do select they, it manually you do so you your select, party leader could screw you basically i guess if you wanted to yeah yeah but uh you're if, you know if Wouldn't you all for him either no if either. everyone dies you don't and nobody gets any loot so it's right. it's not in your best interest to screw anybody over yeah um there may also be a a, a catch-up system in there i don't know like I've, i haven't played multiplayer enough to know how that works or if it does it works. work I, no i mean i played one one <laughs> level with like one and it, I, I think the guy got disconnected halfway through because he disappeared or he got tired of dealing with the bullshit of the online it let me keep playing okay but um i didn't try it again it doesn't it doesn't work very well it seems like the biggest complaint that i've seen in all the reviews we've curated to sifted so far is that it's just ungodly repetitive it is it's a giant grind it's a giant loot grind uh and you don't even get the the like the immediate um you know the the, the instant gratification of picking up loot you have to wait until the end right of the yeah. level to so you see don't what get you got. that little like you do get to hit. know um what rarity level you're lo- and i'll be i'll okay so how about this one the first piece of loot I picked up in this game was a legendary piece of chest armor, <laughs> and it is, in fact, amazing. Wow. So I have the this. First the first thing I got was this incredibly good piece of chest armor, which gives me like this crazy amount of uh, fire resistance, and and then I got like this really nice helmet with lightning resistance. Like like the loot is good. Like the loot now, delivers. What I would say about that is, is if you know you got this amazing piece of loot, suddenly. The incentive to finish I the mission part of that, yeah. just skyrockets. Oh, for sure. So I that actually maybe isn't yeah. such a bad idea. No, and you are constantly getting stuff. Like there's 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 you're always finding gold on the ground, or you're finding like you know oh there's a there's like crystals or what you use to upgrade stuff, uh, and you're constantly finding crystals around and like little little they're little grown crystals and you smash them and you get the stuff. Um, like it's very generous with making you feel like you are finding things, and and every little side nook or cranny you go into is going to have something to pick up. Like you never feel like you're wasting your time exploring, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Um. But then you have to fight something, right? And, and then it just <laughs> and you gotta lose the, And yeah. Are there not enough enemy types? Would you say? Um. I mean, there's there's a fair amount. Like so far, I'm mostly just fighting goblins and ogres and a couple of liches and things like that. Uh, dark dark dwarves, uh, Dwemer, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr- Drenor. I can't remember what how you pronounce that. I was it, some of those D and D names when I read the books, I sort of jump over that word. I'm just like dark 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 whatever. dwarf. I know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um. But like uh. And there's a lot of different kinds. So like, there's like you know, there's there's warrior like kind of fighter goblins or kobold. I maybe maybe they're kobold. I think they're goblins. They little warrior guys, and then some got shields. You have to get through their defense, and they'll actually sit there and block and um, distract you while the others come up behind you to hit you. And like, it's actually not stupid. Like the enemies are not stupid. Um, they will work together uh, in a, in ways at least beyond like difficulty three. I've noticed that they will work together and like screw you up like pretty fast like yeah like i did uh, when i'm playing solo i did find myself wishing i had companions okay uh so it, so it, it encourages co-op then yeah and you do get a certain moves you do can then tack on a 
team move. Uh, there are parries and blocking, you know, just like anything, and it stuns them if you parry them and you get extra stamina back, but you never run out of stamina, so who fucking cares? Um, there are, uh, oh, and there's a, everybody's got a super move, so you load up your, your super move bar and you hit both trigger, click both triggers, or both uh, sticks, Six. and you bring out whatever. So, I mean, the um, only ones I've done is uh, Drist calls in uh, uh, his, his ghost panther. And you can get more, so there's more than one super per character? No, uh, each character only has one super. Okay. So he calls in his Ghost Panther and gets, like, a bonus to attack while that's happening. Uh, Catabri uh, gets Arcane Arrows, which are much more powerful and can go through everything. Um, so you get, like, basically super shots for a while, that kind of thing. So um, it's uh, 50 bucks, right? Uh, it's, f- yeah, it's forty nine ninety nine for the regular one, and I think 59 or maybe it's... Yeah, fifty nine ninety nine regular price for if you want the deluxe version with like extra weapon resets or something, and then it's on Game Pass. Yeah, the regular- so it is a little cheaper, but still not worth picking up. I I will be shocked if this thing isn't thirty bucks in six weeks. Really? Yeah, or or less. Lower. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it is getting hammered in reviews. I mean, look, I couldn't play it this morning, and I don't think there's enough good without will. a bunch of bunch of console yeah. screwery. It's like. It's and it's not fun. Like that's the thing is like it's like a couple times like I was like oh maybe I'll just play this later and then I realized that if I didn't finish the level I didn't get to keep anything. Right. I'm like, oh, I better do that so I don't have to repeat everything again. Yeah. Um, well, but, that that shows that you're dreading having to play the same set. Yeah. Again. It's not. Um, <laughs> it, it for a game that I it really expects me to play these levels a lot when I didn't really enjoy them the first time. Yeah. Uh, although I did enjoy. I mean, I like the level. Like, like I said, the design, the level design, like finding stuff is cool. Voice acting was good. Voice acting is good. The exploration's cool. It's just the combat feel doesn't feel good at all. Which is what you do Yeah. Like, over and over and over again. Like, put it this way, uh, the combat in Final Fantasy Origin is better. Uh, and I didn't well, like I don't think the combat's terrible in Origins, but no, but I did I do. And I understood the combat's nuances better because it was clearly functioning properly in Final Fantasy right. Origin. I just didn't like it. Right. Uh, I'm struggling further with this one because I again I like the theme and and the characters and like you know, this is stuff I already have a pre existing attachment to, but it ain't good. Okay. And I would not tell anyone else to play it yeah. until they do some fixing. Is it even worth downloading on Game Pass if you're a subscriber? I mean, I guess like you should at least see this. You should at least experience. Uh, Again, another advantage of Game Pass is yeah. that you get the sample stuff that normally you it's would not, it's also never. Not, yeah, it's also not that big. I think it's like twenty-eight gigs or something. Oh, okay. Um, it's. I mean, it's very disappointing to me. Like, I wanted it to be good. It looked far better than it yes. is. Yeah. Yes. It. Uh, Based it, pre- upon it presented the better. Marketing than, and, yeah. Than, yeah. It, than it actually is. Um, that B-roll you're just looking at looked good. Yeah, there's no reason this game shouldn't be good. Like some people who don't know much about this game may have watched that B-roll and been like, "I don't know, man, that yeah. looks all right." I thought so before, yeah. you know. And I here's the funny thing: I tried to get, fo- I tried to use my phone to like record footage of the ch- how choppy it was this morning to send you and be like, "Look at this shit." Uh-huh. And it was weird. My phone kept smoothing it out because oh. it was trying <laughs> to like make it better. You know, like the phone has like kind of the interpolation. It has the tech. I in couldn't. It, yeah. I couldn't actually get it to record it as choppy as it was. That's funny. Um, because the phone kept fixing it. Right. It's like, no, I don't need. I you need to, it to look bad. I need you to show me how. Show me the real. I'll show you. Show me the real Raven. Yeah. Yes. Perfection. Yep. Um, it's uh, so yeah. Uh, this is a disaster. I think. Wow. Um, I am. 
I didn't expect it to be game of the year material, yeah. but I didn't think it was going to be like well, this. Well, hopefully this one doesn't sell like Cyberpunk did. Oh, I don't think because, we need to worry about because that. Then, I mean, I don't mean like sell 13 million, but I mean like sell above expectations because then we have like Armageddon on our hands basically where publishers and developers are like, no one cares anymore. We can release this stuff all busted up and like we can still turn a profit on it. And that, I think, if it keeps happening, I think you might start seeing a trend where games start the launch quality of games starts going down and down i don't think this game is important enough to yeah help or until that. three months from now if we see a report it's like sold 3.5 million or there's whatever. not a chance in hell <laughs> this game. for one D&D thing is going through a resurgence though D is but this isn't this isn't replicating the D experience the other thing about this is like the appeal of D&D is not the specific characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was thinking about that when I was watching the opening cutscene, where I'm like, I know who these people are. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I thought it was cool to see Icewind, the dragon Icewind, in the cutscene at the beginning of the first mission. Um, and hear her talk and, like, kick some ass. And I thought that was cool. But I, that's because I read, you know, a series of very lightly known, except in a certain circle of geekdom books, when I was, like, 13 right and like um maybe it was more like 15 i don't remember when those came out like in the early 90s i guess um and like and so that was cool but for most people dungeons and dragons isn't about like specific it's like magic you know it's like magic the gathering it's not about specific people or characters or or storylines it's about their characters and their storylines and their you know, experiences. It's D- called role playing. D and D's appeal is a shared experience, not a dictated fiction. Yeah. And there is an argument to be made that making a video game out of these characters is to miss the point. Yeah. And I'm I don't wanna totally fully that. say that because I like Drista Urden and I like all that stuff. But am I wrong that if you made a game of this nature but instead of populating it with set characters, you had to pick from four preset characters. You just let me pick a class and make a person. Would that not be more appealing to your average D and D? Oh, fan? absolutely. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't yeah. you think so? If they had created, look, if Wizards of the Coast created some kind of a database where people could yeah. upload their characters to the database and yeah. like, and what? then you could grab your character from that database they used, and they, suck what, it into the there game. There was something called it's called Living Greyhawk. You, you, really? You, could, you bet you your characters were put into a big database. No matter where you went in the world, you if you joined like a D and D group or you joined like a like a convention or whatever, the game the DM could just pull down your code for your character and you could play your character, you know, anywhere. and it would count anywhere in the world and. Where your campaign took, where the game you played took place, depended on where in the world you were. Ah. So if you traveled, some see if they to, incorporated that yeah. stuff, it would be awesome. <coughs> yeah. That's exactly what fans would want. And there is some. I mean, look, Baldur's Gate three does sort of get there. And mm-hmm. so you know, like I mean, I had people. It was during the pandemic, so they couldn't. But I had people who like I wish when I told them about the you know the early access Baldur's Gate three, I had people like I want to come over and make a character. Because it was so so, it replicated the the right. rules of fifth edition so well, they wanted to like make their fifth edition character as best they could and play them in the game. Right, and I'm like that, and like that is an appeal. And those are all people who like playing real D and D in person or over Zoom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that appeal is not you know the the appeal for this game is if you love the original Dark Alliance and or which is not quite the same thing. So I don't know how well that would translate and. If you and or you are someone who loves those books, 
Who rolls for you when you play D and D over Zoom? Um, usually, uh, do you have like a random, like an internet no, like, dice something? So I, the game I'm in a game current game. Most most people I know play on a, a website called Roll Twenty. Oh. Does it it's just a, have a digital dice roll or something? Uh, no, it's it's a full campaign. So like the DM has like maps you can put up. You move your character around. It's like a little video game sort of. Okay. But there's a chat and you can basically uh, you can do the roll thing, roll dice and the thing. But also you have a character sheet and your character sheet's saved on the site and you can just click the relevant stats and it will roll that st- that okay. save or that Got that it. attack roll or whatever in the chat. So everybody sees it's all digital. So it's, it's you know when no one li- no you don't have to worry about anybody lying the honor or what system. they roll. Yeah. <laughs> like wait a minute, um, your character dies. I'm real thinking real hard about another twenty. <laughs> Who could imagine? Uh, okay, uh, so there you go. That's Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Under no circumstances should you go spend your hard earned money on this game. If you have Game yeah. Pass and you're a big D and D fan, at the very least, I would say um, I would say this can be saved. Okay. I think if you tweak the combat, if you tweak now that thing where the your attacks in the direction of the camera rather than the direction of the character, change that shit. Fix the 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 zones that show you where the attacks are gonna hit, like because that's wrong. Um, and just generally improve the net code and add the couch co-op. You know, clearly, they're not done working on this game. They're adding significant new features. Uh, hopefully, although part that of may that- be put on hold for a while. <laughs> I think they, they must. Fix the I think they know. First. Well, I mean, the net code probably needs needs work they might not have anticipated, but mm-hmm. uh, the rest of it, like it's, it, they're not. They can't. There's possibly no way think they could is done. Yeah, they know. They yeah. have to know. Okay, but um, fifty bucks and then sixty for the special edition. Yeah, uh, I. But stay away. I don't, cannot. Don't even I worry cannot about the price. That. <laughs> yeah. Also, again, I really have to think that this thing's going to be cheap as all hell by the end of the summer. Yeah, and you know what? If they fix it up, yeah, and then they drop the price. It yeah. could have a second one. But right now, I'm just sitting there being like, man, I wish you'd just done a remaster of Dark Alliance 2. <laughs> like, because that was a better game. All right. Okay. Time to move on. We're going to talk next about a franchise I believe Matt and I both love and appreciate yeah. Dead Space. Uh, if you remember, Jade Raymond was hired at Electronic Arts to head up its new Motive studio. It was new at the time. Um, pitched a bunch of projects. Nothing ever really came to fruition with her. She ended up going over to Stadia where she pitched a bunch of projects. <laughs> Nothing ever, ever came, came to fruition. fruition. <laughs> now she's got and her she own... went over and started her own damn yeah. company. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you may have forgotten about Motive or assumed that maybe they just dissolved the studio, but no, that is not the case at all. It's working on a bunch of stuff. Mm. And uh, it leaked this week that coming up on EA's big post-E3 EA Play event, which is happening, I believe, July 22nd. Something like that. A new Dead Space game is going to be unveiled. It's a secret project that Motive has been working on. Matt, how do you feel about a new Dead Space in 2021? I mean, I like Dead Space. Uh, I like the first two games oh yeah. a lot. First two are definitely the best a ones. A lot. Um, like part, part like of, ascending towards like one of my favorite franchises a lot. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First one was a really like kind of a shock. Like yeah. it was just like, oh wow, we didn't expect this to be this good. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just one of those. It, Dark Dead Space One is one of those games. Like it was one of those games that kind of came out of not come out of nowhere, but like it was one of those games where you you like okay, I'm gonna play this, and like you have that slow dawning revelation over the first hour or two. Where you're like, oh, this is really good. Like yeah. Oh, this is a special thing. Like those are always the best. When you suddenly, you know, you don't even know it's coming, and you're like, "Oh, they made something." It really did come out of nowhere. Singular. There was where there was a preview event where we yeah. got to play it a little, but I had 
Coming out of that preview event, I had a lot of questions because it has, so you play as a miner. You don't play as like some crazy hero character with a big- an engineer. Yeah, with a big arsenal of weapons. You use a mining tool as your weapon that you can change the orientation of to cut vertically or cut horizontally. Mm. And a big part of the first one, and I feel like it diminished a little bit over time, was cutting the limbs off of the enemies to disable them. Yeah, by the third one, it's- Kind of a moderately Just a generic, generic third-person yeah. shooter, yeah. But the first two games had this DNA to them. Yeah. And, like, just that, like, even right there, you see, aim for the leg, cut the leg off, you completely change the situation. Yeah, they can't move yourself. anymore, Yeah, or they're less mobile, they're crawling at you mm-hmm. now. Um, and then you flip it horizontal. Once they're lying horizontal, you flip your gun to vertical mm-hmm. because the limbs are now horizontal. It, there was it's just and a strategy. And then you cut off their ability to attack you. Right. And, there's a lot, to, and all the other, all the weapons sort of have that sort of strategy to them. Yeah, uh, and I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I still love it. It's a great idea. I'm surprised. It still more, holds up. Yeah, it still I'm surprised works. more games haven't tried. It's like the active reload from Gears. Yeah. Why aren't more games doing it? I think in part it's because it's hard to do. Yeah, like this game pulled something special off, uh, and that's kind of where my uh, slight concern comes into play. Where I'm like, okay, uh, so I guess make another one, but uh, you better do it right. I like, mean, my big concern comes from the fact that the third one was just bad. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe that, not bad. Average is the better way to I, describe I, it. It doesn't hold up to the other two. Right. Uh, the, you know, it's not a bad game, but yeah. it's, it's not what I wanted. It was Dead really Space disappointing. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it that way. And like the other thing, is, of course, the guy, the original creator of Dead Space, is working on a sort of spiritual successor mm-hmm. uh, whose name I can't remember, but it was it was it debuted during the Game Awards. Um, it was the guy in the prison cell, yeah, and the you know the necromorph yep. thing shows up, yeah. Um, and I kind of trust that game more <laughs> than a new EA Dead Space. I don't know with the budget that EA has, though. Especially if you're going to try something right. interesting or the new, bu- the budget that EA has, but also the decisions that EA <laughs> makes. <laughs> and part of me enough. wonders if this if this new Dead Space project is only happening because the guy who created Dead Space is making, is making a, a, a new game. Successor. Yeah. Um, which is not the best reason to want to do something. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I. I. It's not like I don't want a new good Dead Space game. It's just my skepticism meter is off the chart. Well, you have no assurances that it will be good, right? Because if you think about it, Dead Space Three was created by a lot of the same people who created Mm -hmm. the first two games, and it was this forgettable shooter. The other thing about it is, I don't know if you remember or if you've finished it. Most people didn't. But at the end of Dead Space 3, there's this huge cliffhanger. Like, oh, that's right. Like, you yeah. don't even know if he's alive or not. Mm-hmm. So if you're a fan, you've been waiting for the continuation of the story to figure out, like, who lives and who dies. Um, so there's, I think there's a lot, there could be a lot of weight behind this project. Do you think fans will get behind Dead Space 4 from EA or will get behind that smaller project from the person who was the driving force behind Dead Space. I mean, if they're both promising and once we finally see them, you know, working, uh, there's no reason not to get behind both. I just wonder um, if the the messaging is going to get out there to fans at all of the, on this indie project where with, it already EA's, has. with EA's marketing muscle. It already has. You think? Go to the Dead Space Reddit. They're all talking about it. Yeah. I mean, the first couple Dead Space games sold pretty well. Like, the first one sold real well. Second one, not quite as well. And the third one, Flatline, which is why the series was mm-hmm. put on hiatus, ultimately. Um, it seemed like 
the more commercial they tried to make the game, the less commercial success it sold. Oh, who could imagine? Funny how that works, huh? Um, but I do feel like there's a lot of people who bought Dead Space who are more casual, who don't watch shows like Game Face or listen to gaming podcasts or whatever. I just yeah. wonder if that that stuff's going to fly way over their heads. I don't know. Um... I mean, I think we can both agree that probably Dead Space will sell more than the indie game. Although in today's day and age, that's not a given. That's for sure. In theory, but I, you know, when it comes down to it, I don't care what either of them sells. I care which one I like better. Yeah. Um, and you know, word of mouth can do wonders for an indie game these days. Yeah. If, if, that's uh, what I was trying. That's what what I was hinting just at. Just because, like, you know, especially with stuff like this, like you know, real atmospheric, you know, horror games are few and far between. And when real they, ones, yeah. real atmosphere. And when they do, games. and when they do come along, all times they're the first-person chase simulator yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, this kind of, you know, this was a very Resident Evil Four-inspired game. Yes. Um, they don't make them like this anymore. Sorry, Four also had the disabling stuff where you shoot them in the legs. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So shoot them in the leg. And granted, there was more suplexing. In yes. Resident Evil Four. <laughs> but um, that's for sure. But yeah, it was. It's that same kind of thing where it's like you can handle the situation. Cinetai says it's called Callisto Protocol. That's right. Yeah. Callisto Protocol. Yep. Thanks for that, Cinetai. So I'm definitely keeping my eye on that one for whenever the hell. I mean, maybe next Game Awards is when we see that the next time. But yeah, we didn't see it anymore at E3. But yeah, and that's true of so many things. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, but that's not an anomaly. That's pretty common when you're talking about E3 2021. Unfortunately, there's yeah. like I thought about doing a segment in the last episode of games that we missed at E3. I started putting together a list, and I was like, all of them. Like mm-hmm. there, we missed like 300 games. That segment would have lasted a whole episode of yeah. Game Face. I mean, that Microsoft, pre- you know, pre-show alone. It was, just, it was just a list of things that didn't show up. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's tons. What do you want to see from a new Dead Space, Matt? Um, really, just more of a return to the philosophy of one and two. Yeah, like you know, I don't need co-op. Yeah, I don't uh, either. I don't want co-op. I think that takes away from what this mm-hmm. franchise. It's so special about. I don't want it to be made into a Dark Souls game. Yeah, me either. Where um, every enemy is like yeah. work to defeat. Uh, a I little just, bit of work's okay. Sure, but also like, I mean like the, you know, I don't want bonfires that reset everything. Right. And like all, you know, all the, yeah. you gotta like slowly level up. You're like, I, I don't know how you would rationalize that in this universe. I don't know. You but don't, they, how no do way, they do it in any other there's one? There's no way to rationalize it in uh, Fallen, Fallen Order but yeah. for Star Wars, but those stormtroopers come back. Yeah, they? the way to rationalize it in... Uh, in the new Final Fantasy game, either. Yeah. I mean, the way I rationalize it in the Star Wars game is uh, it's fun to kill stormtroopers. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't really care, but it's like, you know, it's, it's different. You know, Fallen Order is not trying to, like, immerse me in a world uh, that is supposed to, like, scare me, right? Each stormtrooper like, also isn't going to kill you in Fallen Order. Right. The way they could in some Souls games or Souls likes. I for- always forget about the whole, like, stomping and finishing stuff, mm-hmm. which I would argue. Final Fantasy Origin actually has that the stomping yeah, finishes. Yeah. Once you take the yellow bar down, that's yeah, true. you get the circle prompt and you can stomp enemies and finish them off. It's very rewarding in this, and I also forgot how you open the boxes with the yeah, stomp. You stomp too. on them. <laughs> I mean, I would hope they yeah. keep the progression. You know, one of the satisfying things about the first game, at least, was the progression of building his armor. Yeah, they go, and like, there was a Metroid angle to yeah, it too. Yeah, there's definitely with the level Metroid design, to it. and because you get the abilities. I do remember. Like the stasis or whatever that yeah. you used to slow down time mm-hmm. was very awkward to use. And it's even in this B-roll, like I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh, yeah. It was this weird thing that didn't really work the way. It was, and I'd be like yeah. trying to get through a door before it slammed on me. But it also like worked because like 
it's not what in in universe that's not what it's supposed to be used for. Right, like right. Yeah, so it should like, be weird and yeah. janky. Yeah, like he's because that's the thing. It's like you know Isaac is just improvising through all this. Yeah, and uh, and the the way you this have isn't to, his gig. Yeah, the yeah. way you have to play the game reflects that. Yeah, um, I just I, it's, I there's a lot of stuff about this game that shouldn't work. That, but, it but it all does. But it does. And it, it's what gives the franchise its identity. And I would argue that that's what it got away from, was the mm-hmm. things that people identified with the franchise. Yeah. And the third one, it was just a shooter. Like, you just really yep. lost a lot of what people made forget, it People forget, like, the, the cover of the first game was just a severed hand yeah. floating in <laughs> space. Like, like there was, there. I mean, there is an element of, like, who is this for? I mean, it's yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge horror fan, but I am a big, like, like cosmic creepy space you shit like atmosphere person. and tension yeah. yeah and like you know i always I always say like i don't care about jump scares or horror things like like i care about terror i care yeah. about dread like if you can make me feel like you know silent, the, the good silent hills do this too it's like if you, you can make me feel the atmosphere of some place uh that it, that would be terrifying to be in like that is what i'm after yeah. I, I don't care about a slasher thing coming out of a wall or whatever the yeah. only thing the only real criticism i have about the original dead space is um there are moments that would be very tense and very like surprising with the with the necromorphs, but every time there's a necromorph anywhere in a room, the music plays. Yeah, for it. You know and I was like, yeah, like... okay, somebody in here because the fucking orchestra's back. And I was like, <laughs> um, well, this space too. There's the whole needle in the eye scene. Yeah, there's all. I mean, it's like you know, I like all the stuff where you have to go out in the vacuum. And all the sound yeah, cuts yeah, out, yeah. and it's just like it's that it's yeah. that it just the game sucks you in, yeah. And that's what Dead Space Three didn't do. So I would say, if I had one wish for the new Dead Space, it's focus as much as you can on setting the atmosphere mm-hmm. and tone. And I think if they do that, a lot of the other stuff will just naturally fall into place. Yeah. And I would also argue, like, don't don't focus not focus test it, but like, don't like marketing blitz it to the point that you water it down into something like you did with Dark Souls Dark Dark Dead Space 3 yeah. again. Um you know I think I think now more than ever if something's good and something accomplishes what it's trying to do and it's a it's a singular experience the audience will find it. Yeah, like, EA is very guilty of blunt force trauma marketing. Yeah, it feels like it can do the same thing for every game and have the same success, which success, which just means basically throwing a ton of money at it and yeah. running it as many places as possible. They could, I think, they could be a lot more strategic with how oh, they market for sure. their games. And I would like to think that you know, I would like to think Fallen Order taught them something. Yep, I hope so. Where Fallen Order was, you know, Fallen Order went against all of EA's management conventional wisdom yeah they thought nobody wanted single player stuff they thought nobody wanted stuff with no multiplayer in it they thought nobody wanted like big long adventure stuff or anything like they that thought everyone wanted games that live forever yeah and respawn basically said bite us yeah. we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we're not even gonna use your shitty frostbite engine yeah. we're gonna use unreal and we're gonna make basically star wars metroid dark souls yeah and they did and it sold 20 million I know I copies. saw that lately holy crap man so maybe someone up there in the EA offices <laughs> might now realize Get oh we don't know shit about shit and we should let these guys make whatever they want to make because the passion and the interest and the, and the the verve that's put into a project like that is what's going to sell to people especially these days well even the storytelling in this how the little faces pop up like yeah. the augmented reality stuff like this game was really yeah. this game way is a minor miracle <laughs> like it really is yeah kind of out of nowhere from like almost it feels like it probably wasn't supervised very closely yeah uh, this feel- game was a hard sell for me as a journalist I remember I remember when yeah. I played it 
review code and came back into the office and started telling people didn't want to believe that it was as mm-hmm. good as it was. And then I remember going on podcasts, and after the podcasts were over, a lot of the comments were like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, well, I, I played it at like a preview thing, and I really liked it. And I went, you know, just I like the cutting things apart yeah. gameplay. And I went, and you know, I was still kind of also looking for, a, uh, you know, a new a Resident Evil 4 style fix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember I came home, I came back from that, and I just, I went on their, whatever their site was, because at the time, EA was selling stuff through some, like, eShop or whatever, <laughs> and I ordered that special edition of it with, like, the, the hardcover book, and, yeah. the, and I still have it. That thing's worth, like, $1,500 <gasps> now, because they, really? they only made, like, 300 of them. Uh, to my point. That it yeah. was hard to get people on board, and that then it came and, out, and the word of mouth yeah, started spreading. That, they made that. It was, I think, it was that and Mirror's Edge, and it was another one they did. They did like a super limited thing, and and, and it's, it's super limited, but like they were available because no one cared yet. Yeah, and I got the Dead Space one, and I was now very happy. I did worth a lot of money. Um, because they had a lot of cool stuff in it. Yeah, Matt, do you uh, do you think we're gonna see this at EA's event? I hope so. They've been te- there were some actual official teases for it yeah. on Twitter. Like some, one of the one of the EA people, I can't remember who it was, but it said something like, "So it's like, oh, it's, he said use the word dead at the end of the tweet, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, it's what like, else? Duh. What else could that be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, or it's exciting because they're talking about bringing an IP back, and it's going to be it's going to be dead exciting or something like right. that. Like, okay, well, it's either what else dead could it space be? or like EA doesn't have a lot of games with no, dead in the title, zo- <laughs> or or you're trying to sell me another Plants vs Zombies game, in which ex- in which case you can go. Fuck yourself. You're people teasing plants. Oh, pissed. my God. Oh, stop <laughs> if it. If it ends up being plants versus zombies, Ugh. people will be really angry. Uh, so, anyway, it looks like we may be getting a first look at this game on July 22nd, which is EA's E3 blowout a month after everybody else. Um, and I'm excited for it. Like, really excited. Dead Space 3 was a huge disappointment, but I'm hoping the message was received by EA, uh, by the response from fans and from critics. And uh, I just feel like EA is smart enough to not make that mistake twice. So mm-hmm. we'll see. There's a lot of love for this franchise still. It hasn't been gone that long that people have completely forgotten about it. Um, and people like us, I feel like, have tried to do our best to keep it alive. So um, hopefully they'll listen to the fans, they'll listen to the critics, and uh, we'll get something really good on July 22nd. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Coming up soon. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about a game that we mentioned for a little bit on our best of E3 show. It's a game called Sable. It's one of the hot indie games coming out of E3 2021, at least one of the ones everyone's talking about because there was a free demo that was released Mm -hmm. basically when it was shown at E3. Um, Now, Matt, I will say this. There were like 40, I'm not exaggerating, like 40 demos released for ID at Xbox. Mm-hmm. on Xbox Live, all free, that you could go download. Did you go look at those by any chance? I did. Did you download any of them? Just this one. <laughs> I did look through them. I was like, oh, wow, I don't care about any of this except Sable. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Microsoft just hired uh, one of the, I believe, one of the lead designers on Portal to come over and work on their indie initiative. And I can only guess that somebody at Microsoft saw that lineup of ID at Xbox and was like, oh, my God, this mm. is a bunch of trash. Yeah, I, al- I almost down- tried Tunic. That was the only other but, one I considered. Yeah. But I was, uh, <laughs> I just was, I didn't have the time yeah. for, to fit so, another thing in. So like you, Sable was the only one that I downloaded. Tunic was the only one I even considered other yeah. than Sable. Uh, so I downloaded it and I played it. I've spent, I don't know, about 45 minutes or an hour with it. You had said that you liked it. Mm-hmm. I do not. Mm-hmm. I uh, so we talked about um, 
indie games are always about sad people and bad situations, and that is very prevalent. I would argue that Sable is another genre that is very prevalent in indie games that I feel like I've burnt out on at this point. The silent protagonist wandering in a strange world, trying to find... I don't even, honestly, I don't even know what the mission is in this game. She's just on her, like, coming-of-age quest. Yeah, she's like a preteen or whatever, and she has to do this thing that everybody does in her tribe, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really have any setup. You... Well, I'm going to guess that more occurs in the final game. Oh, I'm, I'm um, absolutely sure. I mean, I made it pretty far in this mm-hmm. to kind of see where it was all headed, and it just seemed like it was headed to nowhere. I... So you talked about how, like, the animation of the character is on purpose. I think it looks terrible. Like, <laughs> And I get it's on purpose and it's a style, but it's when it's just one character that's doing it. It's like this inconsistent thing in the world. None of the other characters are, like, 12 frames a second animated. Uh, they I mean, are. They're hardly animated at they all. They are, but they're honestly. not really moving. Oh. That's, that's what it is. Gotcha. So she just kind of stands out in this very normal static world as this thing that's just, like, real jerky. Um. I don't like the art style. Like, it oh, fe- you can get out of my house. I know. I'm, I'm like sure it. some people do, but it feels like somebody made this game in Microsoft Paint. Like, I don't know, Matt. I- I'm this, hoping this you- is this is the art style in this game is a reference to one of the most influential and greatest science fiction artists of all time. So, no. Who? Mobius. John uh, Mobius. I mean, I remember the posters. I remember. He did a lot lot of heavy metal magazine. I remember, like, my older sister's. Uh, That stupid arcade in uh, the Metreon. Yeah. Airtight Garage. That was all based on his stuff. Yeah. Like, I remember my sister's boyfriends when I was in, like, middle school (laughs) had posters with this art, like, on their walls. Yeah. Um, I just uh, don't like it in a game. Like, I just think it looks like. I do like the smoke that comes off the bikes, mm -hmm. but everything else just looks bad to me. I love it. This is one of the most striking, visually striking games I've played in a long time. I mean, I would agree with that. Like, you look at it and you're like, I mean, it's not going to be for everyone. Like, I acknowledge that. But, uh, I love it. Like, like, some of this, some of this thing is just, some of this game is just, like, is made for me. Okay. I don't, I don't expect it to sell 10 million copies, but I don't care if it sells, sells 10 million copies. I don't care if it sells at all, honestly. Um, I just felt like in, so, as you start playing, it's actually... It's not an RPG. There's no combat in the game at all. At least what I've experienced, there's no combat. It's all like traversal and adventure game stuff. You mm-hmm. go. Some, there's no combat. Yeah, that's what I in, just said. In the demo, yeah. That's what I just said. Um, you go to some little temple. You climb up through the temple. Mm-hmm. You get something. Um, it's a lot of. It's an adventure game, really. You're just collecting yeah. items. Like your first big mission it's is. Just adventure exploration so far. Yeah. I mean, so, who knows if there's more to it? There might in the be game, but like the demo is just poke around a set area and find things you need to build your bike. Yeah, because at first they give you the junker that's yeah. just like a loner or whatever, and then your first objective is which to makes build... a lovely like clunky sound. Like, yeah, I I, I, I really like <laughs> it's how that really slow. Oh yeah, it's just, it's like just it's slow enough to be irritating. <laughs> like it's so your first objective is to build your own bike. Yeah, I um, mean you have to go collect parts, and um, she's upset about it too, which is like yeah yeah fun. which. Which connects with the player, absolutely. Um, but, like, I noticed some stuff in this game that's broken. So I went to the first temple, which is what we're seeing right now, mm-hmm. and you get this, like, orb that lets you float, basically. Before I had gone here, I went to this other temple where I found a place where I needed to jump and I could not, re- I could not reach across the crevasse, uh, the crevasse to get where I needed to go. 
So as soon as I get this orb, I'm like, oh, this is what I needed to in this other temple to jump across the gap. So I go back down to the other temple, I climb up it, I get to the jump, and sure enough, that new ability gets me over there, climb all the way to the top of that, collect some stuff, at the, I collect the first ship or the first bike part before I'm even told to collect the bike parts. Mm-hmm. So I collect that, and then as I'm coming down, I find this little ledge. I land on the ledge, and I go in, I open up this chest, and there's like 100 credits in it. So I get the 100 credits, I'm like, cool, jump on the bike, go back, I'm like, wow, like I did good. I'm like, I have credits. I have, the, I have a part for something. I don't even know what it's for already. I'm doing, I think I'm doing pretty good. So I go back. I talk to, like, the people back in my home village or whatever, and they don't even acknowledge the bike part, even though I already had one. They're like, oh, you need to collect parts for the bike. I'm like, oh, I got one already. Cool. And then there, I, I look, and I look down, and there's this other place I can float down to where I wouldn't be able to reach it normally without the floating mechanics. So I float down <clears> to it. I land. They're trying to give me a map, and they're like, oh, you need 50 credits for it. And I'm like, mm. well, cool. I have 100. No. Could not sell, could not buy the map. Like, it did not register that I had the 100 credits already. Mm. It would not sell me the map. Because I think somebody needed to tell me first that I needed to. Had to go get yes. something. Like, it wouldn't, it, like, the, the quest pathing is. trigger. The quest pathing is broken because it won't trigger until you've picked up 50 credits after they've already after told they've you to told do that. After they've told you to do yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I have, would guess that would be fixed in the final version. I would, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like the climbing mechanics are really clunky and awkward. Like, th- maybe part of it is the, the cli- way the objects are designed. Part of it, the climbing stuff, hard is, edges. The climbing stuff is clearly not done. Like yeah. she, she climb, she pulls herself up over ledges twice a yeah. lot. You know, like there's, it's still a little buggy. Um, and if the game is all built on this, like it's a little weird to me that they would release this demo. Because to me, this game is a, is kind of like Breath of the Wild without the fun. Because there's no combat. There's like, like I the parts I hated about Breath of the Wild were like the climbing with the stamina meter, and that's what this game is. It's all climbing or floating before your stamina meter depletes, basically, mm-hmm. which is like a little diamond that appears next to your character while you're doing different stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I just didn't have any fun with this. I felt like it was a chore. Getting around was slow. I hadn't built the bike yet, so even the bike was slow. The world didn't really grab me. Like I said, the art style I'm not a fan of. It looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint. I just I, I would like to see who, someone who can make this in Microsoft Paint. Just, just <laughs> if you can do this in Microsoft Paint, <laughs> please show me so I can get you a job at the most prestigious game development company in the world. What's that? Most prestigious. I don't know. Game company I don't know. I'd find them because whoever can do this in Microsoft Paint should be there. You understand because, what I'm saying by saying not it looks really like. because this is. I mean, it's Unity. It's not like it's super high end. No, I'm just talking about stuff. the art style. The art style is fucking phenomenal. It's <laughs> fucking fantastic. It's is the main reason I've looked forward to this game for years. <laughs> okay. And like, uh, well, as they say, art is subjective, and I do not like this art. And like, as far as like releasing the demo, like I think they had to do it just to prove that it exists Uh-oh. because this game has been floating around in the ether for a long time now. Yeah, like we've for, had a trailer on for our a while that, for like two years. Yeah, for well, I mean, I think it's been announced longer than that. I'm just like, saying that's when we put it on our tricaster. And like, um, <laughs> and and the you know, and there's that thing I kept I was talking about before, where like the the plants keep changing. Oh when yeah, you get closer to them. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, the, it's got a lot of work left. Yeah, I mean. Like, I know it's supposed out of nowhere. I know it's supposed to come out in like September or something, but I hope they're further along than this demo. I mean, yeah, like the plants, like they 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 change. Like you'll be running towards like a little bush, and the bush will change. I don't, you don't think that's on yeah. purpose? 
I don't think that's on purpose. I'm wondering no. if it's like some mystery that I just don't know about yet. I don't think so. That looks that it, would make a lot more sense. It looks like a, it looks like an LOD error um, that hasn't been addressed yet. Uh, it is. I've not played a demo. Like, there this, it is. There, yeah, I've not played a demo this busted in a while. I wouldn't um, call it busted. I just think it's unfin- unpolished. I mean, the quest was broken. That happens in final versions of games too. <laughs> like that is not a particularly unusual thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll play it again. Like, even if, like, they finish it and we talk about it and you're like, it's amazing. Like, this, the game's just not for me. Like I said, it takes all the parts not, from not Breath of the Wild that I didn't like and yeah, not makes the whole would, game would, around uh, them. Not for you would, would cover it. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think the chat agrees with you. But what was, what, this, they, they gave this thing a release date, right? Am I, um, am I crazy? I don't I, know if they did. I would be I thought surprised they said, if they did, to be honest with you. I thought this. I thought they said it was coming out in like, uh, like this year. I hope not, because if they couldn't get the demo more polished than it is, September twenty third. Wow. The demo we don't know when the demo is from. That's true. Never judge a game's current state by its demo. Demos are made months and months before they are before the equivalent. We're three months from release, and this is the demo that they put out, though. Well, they had to put something out. Yeah, I mean, this is a playable thing. They probably would have had this on the floor. Might as well. I don't think this is remotely as terrible as you're making it out to be in terms of, in terms of the tech. Like, it's fine. It's it's not going to set the world on fire in terms of, like, what you're doing. It's just a Unity game, but it does the job. It shows you what the game is. I guess. I would like to see some polish on it, but, like, who knows how old this build is. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think you're giving it a lot of benefits of the doubt. I, I think you. I think you're way. giving it uh, a lot of shit for no reason because you don't like how it looks because you don't know what Mobius is. I did know what Mobius was. Then how come you didn't know what it was? It's the most iconic. I've seen art these st- posters my entire life of this art style. I know knew exactly what it was as soon as you said what it was. Yeah, yeah. I and I'm, to... you really think I'm going to let an art style impact my impressions of everything? Come on. Give me a little credit, Matt. You think it can be done in MS Paint, which is patently false. So. I could literally, if you took a screenshot, just stop it and pause it. I could recreate it in Microsoft Paint. That's what I'm talking about. That's not You're taking, tr- you're getting personal about it. And you're taking it to some place I never even suggested. Well, I'd like to see you do that. I could literally do it. Do I think it. any decent artist could do it easily. Come on. You could do it. No. Yes. Not in MS Paint. No. Anyway. You're literally saying someone could draw like Mobius in MS Paint with no effort, which is idiotic. That is not what I said at all. Why do you get so offended when I don't like everything you like? I don't. Like, you I go don't, on these crazy attacks that have nothing to do with what I said. I don't like it because you are dismissing it in a weird way that isn't just... I complained about the mechanics. You I complained about like 10 different things in the game. You cannot recreate this in MS Paint. I could it's a, it's, absolutely draw that in MS Paint. I can't. I don't do know it. if you've ever seen my art... I'm not like a savant, but I'm okay. I could definitely recreate any well, I wish I had a, from I this wish I had a, paint. I wish I had a chance to win the Fantasy League this year because that would be what I'd make you do. <laughs> that would be a good one, actually. I'd do a live stream of me doing it. I don't it. think I'm going to get a chance to do that, though, because I think you're going to win. I don't but, know. Um, but I'm telling you, I could do it. 100% I could do it, Matt. And I right. think 100% most people could do it. It's not hard. Look at that. What are you seeing? You're seeing bands of brown. How could you not think I could recreate that in paint? I mean, if you want to do a close-up of a rock, sure. But if you want to do, like, the actual landscape, that is a very different thing. It's not. <laughs> anyway. It absolutely is. Anyway, so Matt loves this game. I do not. That's pretty much the verdict on I this I wouldn't one. say I love it yet. 
I would say I'm ready to if the whole game holds up when it comes out, but I certainly like what this demo has shown me. Well, I'll say this. Three months from now, they have a lot of freaking work to do because I got my character stuck in the environment like six different mm-hmm. times where I couldn't get him out. Like, I don't know, dude. I think you're giving it really the benefit of the doubt. but Or maybe I played it more than you did and dug into it a little more. I don't know. No, I don't think you did. But uh... what did you like about it? That's All what I get. I like the exploration. I like the aesthetic. It's so like, slow. It takes forever. I don't care. So and there's what? nothing there. You're just running on a brown flat plane for like 10 minutes. I like the world. I like that. You're talking about, talking to someone who's played a thousand hours of No Man's Sky. Yeah, I like No Man's Sky. I understand why you like that. I totally get it. There's a similar thing to this. I don't feel it at all. Like, all right. I just don't feel any like excitement to discover stuff in this world. Whereas No Man's Sky... Oh, my God. My whole uh, motivation for finding the rest of the bike parts was to see what's through that big double door. That's all I wanted to do was get through that because I assumed when you get the bike parts, you were they were going to open that door and you can go out into the rest of the world and do your coming of age thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I struggled to find motivation to continue with this one. But that's the beauty of art. Everyone takes it differently. Some people's going to like something. Some people don't. And I think at this point, people know kind of what games you and I like and can probably mm-hmm. – Look at our impressions and figure out whether they should be interested in it or not. But I just feel like this I mean, I do think watching this gives you a pretty good idea of what it is, in yeah. part because there's no combat. So it's not like you need to totally worry about the feel of hitting something. Yeah. I felt like when I was playing this game, it was like held together by Elmer's glue. Like the whole game just felt rickety and it could just collapse at like yeah, any I moment. I don't think that's very accurate. Although there's just that there is an element of the, uh, you know, that that feeling of unity the Unity engine kind yeah. of sometimes has that to it. Uh, there's a paper-thin quality to Unity stuff sometimes, which this hasn't fully uh, transcended, but I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's Sable. You can download the demo. If you uh, are an Xbox Live subscriber, you can mm-hmm. download the demo for free. It's actually pretty long. You get a pretty good taste of the game just from the yeah. free demo. And we'll see what they do. You know, they are taking, you know, this is, again, a game made by two guys in a shed. Yeah. Uh, they are taking things on board. The people who have complained about uh, her frame rate, uh, they have been they have been receptive to that and said, like, they are considering adding, like, a an option that would make her run at the same frame rate mm-hmm. as the rest of the world. Um so it's not like they have put this out and are like, this is our vision and you cannot yeah. change it. Like they are very aware that they need to, you know, bend in places. So I think there will be uh, at least some concessions to like the people's impressions of this demo. And look, I don't want them to like change their vision. No, but I don't if it's think, an option, I don't then think, that's cool. I don't think anyone's asking for them to put swords in it or anything. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't mean that. I just mean like if, if they want to do the character that way with the frame rate that way, they should do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they shouldn't change it for me or anybody else. But I don't know if, they, if they can easily put an option in that makes you run at the same <laughs> right. frame rate, go ahead and do yeah, that. As long as it's an option, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I don't like, I'm them. not going to use that option, but like, you know, at a certain point, it's a game made by two dudes in London, and they if they probably don't need to alienate potential customers yeah. by sticking to their 12 frames a second gun with, yeah. with the main character. And look, I, I respect the work that they've done. The fact that two people have created this, that's amazing. But if I'm just evaluating this against all other games without thinking about who made it or how it was made, like I struggle to be excited about it. So, But there you go, the Sable. Is it coming to everything or is it an xbox slash pc uh i think it's on almost everything i think i think it's x i don't know if it's playstation actually i think it's xbox 
PC Apple Arcade. It should be on Switch, honestly. Switch because, like I sense. said, it, it gives me a lot of Breath of the Wild vibes, minus sort of the action parts um, of Breath of the Wild. Mac or no, it's Mac, Windows, and Xbox for now. Okay, so it is kind of a an Xbox exclusive for now. It does. It does feel like it should be on um, uh, Switch. It would be point. a good fit on Switch. And I, my now, guess is, to be fair, that might just be because there's two people making it, and they'll get to it. That could eventually. be. Yeah. Or maybe they they make money off of the first few versions. Yeah. They can hire the, some people to help. And the, we know the Switch has no problem with older games. Yep. Making it over there a few years later. And so. they sell really well. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a good target for it. Absolutely. All right. It's time to move on to our last topic in a game yeah. that Matt and I have been waiting. Way too long to discuss. I hope you guys aren't like over it at this point. You shouldn't be because I know a lot of you do not have a PlayStation 5 yet. And so you have not played this. Uh, and you really have not heard Matt and I talk about it since we've played it. You better get used to it because you're going to hear about this game for the rest of the year. Yes. And that game is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Um, the first thing I'm going to say, Matt, well, first of all, I have finished the game. Um, the game is. Took me probably like 13 hours, I'm guessing, roughly, to finish it. It's it's between 10 to 15, depending on how you play it and how much you are into collectibles and stuff like that. The first thing I would say is, this game is being sold short mm-hmm. by critics. Like, I know it's Metacritic is like an 8.8. or it, it deserves higher. Yeah, like under 9 is kind of ridiculous. Yes, under 9 is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know if they're trying to leave headroom... For Gen 9, I get that. You don't want to, like, jump the gun and reward a game with a really high score at the early part of the generation because you have to answer to that forever. That was kind of why, in a lot of places I run editorial and at game trailers, we did, like, group review scores. So we'd have somebody review it, and we'd have a couple other people play at least a decent chunk of it. And then we'd have them come together, and the reviewer who reviewed the whole thing would be like, okay, this is what I'm thinking for the score. And they'd have the discussion with the other people who had played a good bit of it, and sometimes they'd be like, you're right on. What I've played so far, totally agree. Your score is 100%. Other times you'd have dissenters who would come into the discussion and be like, hey, like I found this other problem. And we'd figure it out, and we had a editorial team score for our reviews. So we didn't put people's names on our reviews. <clears throat> it was just game trailers. This is game trailer score. It was a group project. Um, and so once you lay down that precedent early in the gen, okay, this game is a nine. You hear about it forever. Anytime you review a game and, and it got a nine or a 9.1, they're like, oh, so it's better than blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, so it's worse than blah, blah, blah. I understand. Like, editorially, sometimes you don't necessarily lowball games early in the gen, but you try to temper your enthusiasm a little bit because you're like, man, in two years, something could come out that just blow this away. And then how do I represent that with a score? So I don't know if that's what happened here. I'm just guessing maybe that might be it. But I would just say anyone who gave this game lower than a nine on the seven to 10 scale scored it too low. Mm-hmm. This game is amazing, Matt. Amazing. Yeah. On so many fronts. Like, People are just going to, and I'm going to get the B-roll rolling here because you guys just need to see the freaking game. But people are going to look at this and say, oh, well, it's pretty. So it got these scores because of its graphics. Honestly, it is gorgeous, and it is probably the most gobsmacking game I've ever played from a visual perspective. But the rest of the game is just as good 
all the other elements are just as good. Matt, I never checked my watch playing this game. I never yawned playing this game. I never (laughs) found myself even close to being bored playing this game. It starts off strong as hell, and it just, it even builds, and it gets better and better. Something that I complain that games don't do anymore is start simple and build and make everything get better so it motivates you to keep playing. That's how this game is. And part of it is just the natural progression of the weapons and the insane weapon trees, in all honesty, in this, um, that naturally build it because you keep getting better weapons. It makes the combat more exciting as you go, blah, blah, blah. Part of that is it. But the other part of it is, like, the worlds that you discover. Like, as it goes on, they become more and more strange, more and more alien, um, more and more elaborate, more detailed. Uh, It's... Why do you keep checking the chat? I don't know they're just—it's—it's it's, everybody's kind of got their own opinion about Ratchet again, oh. because uh, like it's a rare instance where everyone's already played it, and so everyone's already like, ah, oh, I don't like this. This isn't good. It's like, and like then when you bring up review scores, everybody's got an extra opinion. Oh, so it's just—I just, just <laughs> noticed just, your eyes were trained. It's just on been the moving. Screen. It's just moving pretty fast. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway, this game builds and builds to a couple of different crescendos. In all honesty. The plot is great. The character development is great. Does it skew a little young? Absolutely. Is that okay? Absolutely. I don't have any problems watching Disney animated films because they skew a little young. Um, It is just, you don't get games like this this early into the life cycle of a console. The fact that this game came out six months into the PlayStation 5's life is astounding to me. It's like I've finished the game and I'm left wondering like, are other studios going to be able to top this for like a really, really long time? Mm-hmm. Um, what What are your maybe, impressions? Maybe Naughty Dog. I don't know. Yeah, I mean another Sony first party studio, but third parties. I really struggle to no, see. And to be, I mean, to be fair, I think that's a that's a thing I think about like almost all Sony first party stuff anyway. Yeah, like I don't expect anything else to be as good as Sony's first party stuff in terms of multi platform usually. Um, the only stuff that competes in terms of quality tends to be Nintendo's own stuff. I'll be honest with you. Like, I I don't know if I've played a Nintendo game this good in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo games don't tell stories like this. Like, the only, like, when you were talking about, like, a game, this, a, you don't get a game like this this early in a console. The only thing that I could think of when you said that was Super Mario 64. Yeah. But even think it's about rare. that. It was a long time ago. Yeah. And it was... Mind and it was built then. alongside the hardware specifically to right. show the hardware off. Like, it, and it, I would argue that if you look at that game, have Mario 3D games evolved all that much from that? Like the mm. the storytelling isn't much better or more overt than it was. No, in like Super Nintendo Mario has 64. never been. Like Nintendo has managed to con people into believing that it's okay for Nintendo games to not tell a story. Mm-hmm. Like because Miyamoto doesn't think games should have them. Right, and for whatever reason, people have bought into that. And they're like, well, that's that's Nintendo. So but you know, who doesn't buy into that Aonuma, right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> who keeps putting story stuff into Zelda like when no one's looking. But it's not even think back to Breath of the Wild, Matt. It oh, yeah. hardly tells any story. It has like what, like eight cutscenes? Yeah. Like it's and, just, and look how people just let that it. You don't slide. even need to look at. And people just let it slide. Yeah. It's like they don't. Even, they're like, well, that's just the way Nintendo is. So we'll give them a pass on story. But God damn it, every other game better have it. And mm. if it doesn't, we're going to ping it for it. Like, it's absurd. And this game does it all. 
does it all. Mm -hmm. There's no filler in this game, Matt. None. Not a shred. No, not even the optional stuff, really. No. There is, well, first of all, that's one of my big complaints. There isn't that much optional no, stuff. No, it's not as much. It is a very linear game. Although you do have some leeway once you get to the point where they give you the galaxy map. You can mm -hmm. start choosing, like, which planet you want to go to. We well, have the choice between, like, two or yeah, whatever. You get to see, there's basically, the story branches in, in half, and you get to yeah. pick which, which one you do first yeah. in increments. Yeah. And so you do it's have nice. a little bit of player choice, but it's not like an open-world game where you can go wherever you want and do whatever you want and tackle things in order. It is a very guided experience, and yeah. that is kind of one thing I would ding the game for a little bit. But I don't think I would just because that's not everything has to be that. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, they justify that structure in yeah. this game. Like they, there's a reason it's that way yeah. and it works. And the point I was getting at is like, this game does things that Nintendo doesn't do in any of its games and mm -hmm. does it very, very well. Like the cinematics in this game are, I'm not even like, this isn't hyperbole are like Pixar quality shit. Like the, the facial animation, the characters, mm -hmm. the voice acting, like, like I, the only thing left that like the pre-rendered, you know, pre-rendered CG animation really has over this is, Lighting. Yeah. You know, there's, there's elements of lighting that you just cannot do in real time yet. Yeah. That you can do in pre-rendered And you may set. not be able to do that for two more gens of consoles. Yeah. I mean, you honest. are still struggling to do in real time, even with the ray tracing. You're just now getting to replicate lighting effects that were in the first Toy Story in right. 1995. Yeah. But other than that, you're on you're on the level. Like, the, the, yeah. like this is... It's hard to tell if you're not looking for those details. It's really hard to tell. Like, there are some times where I was like, oh, this is pre-rendered. But no, no, your helmet is in there. Yeah. Like they do your, this. Your custom armor is all. In yeah. the cinematics. And they do do this thing where the helmet kind of like dissolves yeah, away, away. So you can see the facial mm -hmm. animation during the cinematics. Which, if I did that facial animation, I would, I would do the same thing. Too. Yeah. It's, I mean, then you just start talking about like the combat. It just feels like freaking mm -hmm. butter, man. Like it just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a, This it's, game is a technical marvel. And it's tempting to just be like, well, that's just Insomniac for you. But it's like you, you, you get complacent about what Insomniac makes. I mean, I've played all Insomniac's games. This is a new level for Insomniac, Matt. Like, I, the fact that this came out six months, mm -hmm. I, I, came, I didn't even come across any bugs. There was one little scene where an NPC continued to walk into a wall. Like, this game <laughs> is so good and polished that you remember anything that's bad about it like i found one character that had a bad voice actor mm -hmm. one and because i noticed it i'm like oh my gosh there's a voice that doesn't sound amazing and i walked <laughs> over and listened to the character and i was like it's still pretty good but it's not like 10 mm. out of 10 level and there's so little in this game that is not of that quality um the other thing i like about it you can play it however the hell you want so what i did is i took the two the two gadgets or weapons, whatever you that that gave you like automated teammates. So mm, I see. Yeah, <laughs> and all I did was just boost those up, and I didn't have to do anything. All I, mm -hmm. towards the end of the game, I had leveled them up so much that I would just throw them out and watch this. I'm just sit back and let yeah. them kill them all. I'm a big fan of Mr. Fungi. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Fungi is awesome. You use him for the the ranged enemies. You use the little Zircon dudes for the people on the ground. And I played the whole game almost like a like an RTS. Mm -hmm. And somebody else can just choose one of the other weapons and just make them into these world destroyers and play the whole game that way. Like, 
it's just amazing, dude. I like, played a lot of it with just the pistol. Yes. Like, the pistol's fun. I maxed out my pistol first. Yeah. It's the first weapon I maxed out. I just kept putting it in there. I'm like, I'm going to use this more often than anything else because I get the most ammo for it. I'm just going to keep dumping my points into it. And, like, the weapon trees in the game are different from other games. Like, you have, like, a like an octo- octagonal grid that you basically choose. And then inside the grid are these pods that if you choose all the things around the edge of the pod and complete the circle around the pod, you get that buff that's in the center there. Mm-hmm. And that becomes crazy strategic, um, especially in the early part of the game. Yeah. And I'll say and that, this. And that, as I recall, is how the, the weapons have worked in the series for a while. Yeah, like, it's great. Like, I had forgotten how much of, like, an RPG mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank is. And that's kind of the, like, you know, the one of the criticisms that, they, that have, as I've seen used in the reviews to sort of, like, justify... The, the sub nine scores is that it's, it's just Ratchet and Clank again. And I'm like, first off, we haven't gotten a Ratchet and Clank in a while. Like, yeah. that's just the PS3. There was, there was no Ratchet and Clank other than that remake of the first game on the PS4. Yeah. Uh, and also, which is crazy to think about. And also, what's the problem with more ratcheting? Like, you know, I I know I hammer on it all the time, but I will take perfection, perfected iteration over innovation anytime. And this is pretty much the definition of. You know, a company, a, a game developer knowing exactly what they do do well and doing it flawlessly. Yep, and there's lots of variety in the game. As yeah, a, like, you're even looking at it here. Like the, the, yeah. these are the, the virus busting segments with glitch. Like that's a new de- every everyone. You know, early on in the game, I felt like every ten to twenty minutes they were giving me something new to play with. Yeah, and then as as the game wears on, they don't keep introducing it as much, but they make them more challenging. Yeah, more challenging. Add new wrinkles, just like a game should should yeah. do. Like and then there's the clank like um, puzzle platforming mm-hmm. that he goes into these little rifts, yep. and he has like a sec- like a three different rooms that he has to solve, and that's all mental, really nothing mm-hmm. Twitch related at all. It's just puzzle solving, figuring out how to get basically it's lemmings, figuring out yeah. how to get like lemmings yeah. from one side of the environment to the next. It's just. Matt, what I'm left with after playing this is where does this go? Where does the franchise go after this? Like, because it's perfected everything. Mm -hmm. Everything this franchise has been doing for a while and some stuff it hasn't is just perfect. It's all nailed. I think you just, like, more worlds, more weapons, more ideas. Like, you know, you've got... You've got it nailed. You're done. You're done with the iteration here. You just need to like do more content, essentially. It's I mean, the game's still fifteen hours long. Like there's mm-hmm. tons of content in it. It's not like you I mean finish you finish it. that first parade section at the beginning and the title comes up and you're like, There's more? Yeah. Like you, this wasn't what took you five years. There's I mean, more the game amount of here. work that goes into all of this is just it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And for Insomniac to organize all that labor into this product that is so freaking yeah. polished, it's just yeah, I don't like. I've I've said it. Uh, it's been know. so hard not talking about this game. Yeah, I've said it. I said week. it earlier. I think during the E3 stuff, but it's like, look, if this is not my game of the year, I don't know what is. I just can't. Like, I can't. I don't see anything on the schedule that's going to be this good. I just don't know how. Like, yeah. how do they make a better Ratchet and Clank than this? Like, I don't know. It ha- they'd have to completely fundamentally change and like really dive in on the RPG stuff. Because I'll be honest with you, Matt. I feel like this is an action RPG. Like, I have played, quote, unquote, action RPGs with less role-playing elements than this. As far as, like, building out your character and choosing how you build him and how you want to handle combat and traversal and things like that. Um, Now, story-wise, it's not an an RPG level. Um, That's for sure. The story is light, but it's good. Mm -hmm. And, And it parts unpredictable. 
and fu- genuinely funny. Like, I laughed out loud at this game several times while playing it. My wife laughed out loud just hearing it in the background like so many times. She actually walked out of the bedroom at one point and looked at me and she goes, Shane, I don't know what you're playing, but that game is crazy. Because all she could hear is what they were saying in the game and the sound effects. And she was just like, what is going on out here? Like, I don't know, man. It's it Like you said, it's going to be tough for a mm-hmm. game to beat this game for Game of the Year. Because it has the advantage of being a Gen 9 exclusive that pushes the hardware. It's mm-hmm. not just up and running on Gen 9. Like People were asking, did you use the performance or the quality mode? Um, I actually use the quality mode in this so did, so did instead I. of the performance. Yeah, I, 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 the, the 30 frames a second was fine. Yeah, because it's rock solid. Yeah. It's nailed. And I went and looked. And like, it's not that big of a difference, the performance stuff, but you could tell like the ray tracing stuff wasn't as impressive. Yeah. I just wanted to play this game looking as good as possible. In all honesty, and yep. so, and I was ready to switch to like the sixty frames per second with ray tracing mode if I thought that if like I needed the, to. the frame rate wasn't good enough right. for the combat. But it, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, you get into a zen with the combat in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you first start playing it, you get in big rumbles, and it can almost feel overwhelming. You're like, wait a minute, how in the hell am I? And after a while, like you just you get into the zone playing this game where you're just like doing like the the strafe jump side to side, jumping over top of beams with like all these weapons. It's just insanity and it's all running so perfect and it all looks so crisp and everything. It's it's an awesome game. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is the first Gen 9 game that I wholeheartedly say to anyone, when you buy your console, buy this game. If you buy a PlayStation... If you can ever find a PlayStation 5. If you can ever find a PlayStation 5, buy this game. Um, When you finish it... I would say this and Miles Morales. Yep. Like the two Insomniac games are your your day of purchase pickups. Like I finished this game and this never happens to me. I wanted to play it again. (laughs) And I wanted to... Like ditch like the the animatronic like weapons and just go full mm-hmm. bore into like the heavy stuff and just try to finish it with guns instead of like strategy and you know the story is great the characters are awesome there are twists that like I didn't see coming um, some that I did in some parts I don't think you may have even gotten to yet where there's a couple final ones towards the end of the game but the way they handled the antagonist or Plural, I should say, because mm-hmm. there's more than one. Um, everything I loved about this game, I just fell in love with it, and I just got sucked into it. The hardest part about E3 for me this year was not being able to play as much of this game as I wanted. Mm-hmm. And the minute well, I'll tell you the, the, I wrapped the, it up, I just plowed through this to the I'll end. I'll tell you the main reason I haven't finished this yet is because I am busy uh, doing some other stuff I'm not talking about yet. But... Um, like every time I've thought about playing this, I'm like, no, like I can't. Like I'll, I'll, hours will be gone, and I will, I will, I, yeah, I won't be, I won't away. stop. I, you know, I'm just like, I have to, like, I have to focus on what I have to do, and I will play Ratchet like more when I'm done because it's just, I, I don't want to sit and just play this for like an hour. I want, I, I want my whole evening to be this the game. The pacing in this game is just one mm-hmm. amazing scene after another, and nothing is done too much. So there's, like, Mm -hmm. racing sections. Some of them are on rails. Some of them you ride, like, these snail things. Again, mind-blowing. The stuff that is flying past you just blows your mind. It's all just blazing by at a crazy frame rate. It's... Even just her arm. 
Like yeah. the, the intricacy in that arm yeah. is it's, her robotic arm. Yeah. yeah, it's just the detail. The of only everything. thing, the only thing I see that might compete with this is Horizon Two if it makes yeah. it, and that's mostly because of my preference yeah, and bias towards I mean, that game series. That's a legitimate contender, absolutely. But like. This is probably still a more technically impressive achievement. I still can't yeah. believe I'm playing it. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we're a little different because we were hardcore into games back when they looked like right. shit. So for, I, it's very easy for me to transport my mind back to my seven-year-old body and remember like what blew my mind back then. Like vector graphics mm-hmm. blew my mind back then. Now it's just... Like, literally, if you showed me this game when I was seven years old, I think my brain would just ooze out of my ears and I would collapse. Yeah. Like, it's just insane where video games are. You could have shown me this, like, in 96. Like, yeah, I'm like, I, you could show me this 10 years ago. Yeah. And I've been like, what? It's it's all that in five bag of chips, people. I can't say it enough. Like, and again, people who only like to play gritty games or violent games because – they can't play kiddie games because they're an adult. Like, those people may not like it. Everybody else. Mm-hmm. If you buy a PS5, buy this freaking game. You will not regret it. It is just a rocket ship ride from the beginning to the end. All with, like, an endearing story. And there are messages in the story, but they don't beat you over the head with them. This isn't like this a political game that's like hidden in kids' clothing. There's some messages if you pay attention, but they're not really overt, and it doesn't feel like the developers are trying to beat you over the head with them. Like, I just feel like everything in this game was handled perfectly, and I can't remember the last time I said that about a game. I There's always something that really bothers me about a game, at least one thing, and I just can't find any with this. Like, even down to, like, you can customize this <clears throat> stuff. You can customize the bolt. You can reskin the bolts. So when you find mm-hmm. the bolts out in the world, they look how you want them to look. You or can they look re- like completely different objects if yeah. you want them. You can reskin your hammer if you want mm-hmm. to to make it look completely different. And it does. There's armor in the games, and I like how they handle the armor system. It's like mm-hmm. you can choose what you want your character to look like cosmetically, but once you collect a piece of armor, it impacts the the stats of your character. No matter what. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you have equipped. Once you collect the armor, yeah. you get the bonuses from it, regardless of what your character is Which makes is showing. it always, always worth getting. Right. Whether you want to wear it or not. Yes. And, like, there's, like, a challenge section in the game, and, like, that's mostly optional, but I, like, dug into it and got really hooked on it, but it wasn't, like, way long. There's, like, three ladders that you go through, and it's worth it. You get great rewards, mm-hmm. and, like... After you complete it, the next time you go out in the field, you feel the difference of this from the stuff that you got during the... It's awesome. Now, I will say this. Towards the end of the game, if I do have one complaint, it does get a little unbalanced. By the end, you pretty much have enough stuff to max out almost every weapon in the game. So, I will say this. By the end, a lot of the choices that you made feel a little... feel kind of moot... Mm. because pretty much you've unlocked all those pods inside all the trees. Your choice is mostly weapon. to decide how you want to play the middle of it. Yeah. And by the end, you can just choose you can what just you want to do. lay waste. Yeah. yeah, which is great. That's yeah. what you want to do at the end of the game. You want to feel like a slayer. And this game is great at it. Like, it's not one of those games that's um, balanced so it always feels the same. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I'm getting gear that's going at the same level as the enemy levels are increasing. There's not. 
There's sections in this game where you get a new weapon and you take it out in the field and you feel like a dominator. Like, I like that. Mm-hmm. But then you come up across an enemy and that weapon doesn't work for squat on that enemy. So you pull out something else. The, the only other big complaint I have is I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the weapons and gadgets in this. I feel like they're not particularly creative. How do you feel about them? I think they're mod- pretty creative. My problem is that, um, like, my preference for sort of my standard weapons tend to be fairly straightforward. Like, I tend to have my, my go-to weapon be the pistol or the machine gun or the shotgun. And then I'll use one of the weird ones as sort of my backup. Uh-huh. I feel like almost everything in this game is a weird one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like the pixel like it starts you with the pixelator, which I think is a very weird yeah. Like you don't weapon. get the sniper rifle in this till like late. Yeah, yeah. Like I've mostly leaned on the blast the blast charge pistol and mm-hmm. the uh, the enforcer, which I think is the shotgun. shotgun yeah, and um, the the electric gun and yep. stuff like that. And Mister F- I mean, Mister Mister Fungal's great as sort of like you know uh, to it's pull to pull aggro yeah. basically. Um, but in general, so like I I find it hard to justify like. Some of the weird stuff in there, like I did, like uh, the the shield. Well, I can't remember the name of it. I hardly even the, used it. Void repulsor. Yeah, the void like repulsor. Yeah, um, that is the beauty of this game. Yeah. Like you could have used a weapon through the whole game. I may not have even used yeah. it at all. I did have. I had bought them all by the end of the game, and for the final boss fight, I did had to dig into some weapons that I had not used all game because I ran out of ammo for the weapons mm-hmm. that I was normally using. So it did force me by the end to start using some of the stuff that I had kind of blown off throughout the game. Um, and they all seem to work well. There's just not this, like, ev- with every Ratchet game, there's always, like, a few weapons where I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool, and, like, I'll always remember that. There isn't, for me, much of that in this game. Yeah, there's no uh, there's no discolator in no. this one, or whatever that was. One thing that is cool is, like, the topiary, whatever oh, the it topiary is. the topiary one's fun, yeah. So I figured that, like, that only worked on rank-and-file enemies. And basically, now it works on everything. It works on everything! <laughs> So basically what it does is it just covers the enemy <laughs> yeah. in plants, and they're frozen in place. Yeah, you so, just whack them. Yeah, and so they're frozen, and you can just whack into them or lay into them or whatever. I use it on a – it works on the bosses. Mm-hmm. You can have a boss that's like three stories tall, and he's covered in plants. Like, yep. And where, the pixelator does that too. Yeah, it's like it's, they thought of everything. That's what I'm talking about. Like you keep digging into this game, and Insomniac just keeps swatting your ass mm-hmm. over and over again. You're like, oh, surely they didn't. Oh, yeah, they did. Like <laughs> seriously. Yep. It's just time after time after time in this game. I I really love it. It's, it, it's a technical Marvel achievement. Um, that this is happening all in real time is just mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go back and read some of these reviews now to see where these people were coming from because I am just, I don't know. Again, I think going back to what I was saying when we first started discussing this, I do wonder if some critics are just leaving headroom for other games that could come along later. And again, on a certain level, I do get that, but I think they're going to find that there aren't going to be a lot of a lot of games as good as this game. No, and I'll, look, I'll be. I think that's always been true of the Ratchet games. Yeah, Ratchet game. You know, they've always been some of the best things on their platform. Yeah, uh, and it's you know it's been a long time. I I like the the remake of the first one a lot, um, in part because of the changes it made to Ratchet as a character. But like, I will admit, I I didn't realize this until I started looking through the series because like playing this, I was like, God, I like to play some of the old games again. Like I I always really enjoyed this series. Um, I realize I've never played into the Nexus, which feels very relevant to this game because yeah. it kind of sets up the Dimensionator stuff. Yep. Um, that was the other thing I thought was was neat was like 
There are tons and tons of callbacks. Look at the animation, Matt. Of, uh, <laughs> the animation in this game is nuts. There are tons and tons of callbacks to other stuff in the series, but you never quite feel left out if you don't know them. Yeah, right, yeah. Think. Like this is a self-contained story. You don't really need to know anything about prior yeah, Ratchet. You're games. gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna have an advantage in like, um, you know, understanding who Captain Quark is and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Is gonna give you something. Some of extra. the jokes will land yeah. harder for sure. But yeah. like, you don't need to know any of that if you don't. You know, yeah. you don't need to be a Ratchet scholar to understand what happens in this game. Yep. And to understand the significance of it because yeah. they do a good job with the writing. Right. Like, like, it's the first time you meet him in the game. Like, it's kind of explained very quickly what the relationship is with this guy. Mm-hmm. He's this dude who sold us out a bunch of times, but when we need him, he always seems to be there. And Sort of. Sort of. Yeah, exactly. Close enough. So, and, that's, um, and that ends up yeah. playing out. And, so, of course, and the, the, I think the other thing you get uh, the most benefit out of if you know the series is um, – when you're in the other dimensions, when you meet alternate dimension versions of the existing characters. Right, yeah. Which is a yeah. lot of fun. It is, yep. Of almost every character, there's yeah. a counterpart. Um, and like, to the point that you get to, you know, because eventually, you know, this doctrine, you know, the Doctor Nefarious we've always known, you end up in a dimension where there's an Emperor Nefarious. Yeah. But it'll slowly you begin to realize, oh, this Emperor Nefarious is still there, in yeah. there somewhere, and Doctor Nefarious it doesn't seem to have put together that at some point he's going to have to confront the a version of himself <laughs> that runs the universe. Yeah. And it's like you're sort of waiting for all these other shoes to drop yeah. just from the premise of the game. It's very, very well done. Everything. Very it's just smartly like every, put together. The way everything is so buttoned up, yep. it's just I keep thinking I'm going to get you. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get you here, Insomniac. Nope. Every time everything is so buttoned up and everything makes sense, it's... It's again. Yeah. It's just and, a real. And achievement. I think. I think again. It is a. It is a giant testament to how Insomniac does its business. It, it like, no, almost no other dev studio in the world recognizes talent as readily. Um, recognizes like the need for things creatively. Like treats its employees the way it should be. Like, this is a triumph of business management as much as it is artistic achievement. That's what I keep like. How the management required to have all these separate teams working on all the different elements of this game and to have them all come together into a whole that is just airtight. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I, <laughs> If this is a sign of things to come, man, Generation 9 is going to be incredible. Yeah, you got to wonder what happens in like two or three years if, there's gonna, if we're going to be sitting around being like, oh, it's cool, but it's not as good looking as Rift Apart. Or if we're going to be like, Rift Apart doesn't look very good anymore. I know. Compared to what I, they really, make now. It's like, it does boggle my mind. Yeah. And look, the, there's headroom still with the hardware. Yeah, like, it doesn't do buckle at all. Like it, it chews this game up and spits it out, no problem. Um, and I, the other, another criticism I do have is that the rifting stuff isn't as prevalent in like the moment-to-moment gameplay as I thought. Mm. Like I thought there were going to be rifts like all over the place where you could just jump into different worlds. That's not how the game works. No, those are very carefully planned. Yeah, thing. There, the, there are the yellow rift, the orange yellow rifts that like just you can kind of grapple points, to, basically. which yeah. is cool in the sense that like it changes location so fast that you're like, okay, that's oh, a, it changes neat, the gameplay. Cool. Yeah, it could bail you out. It's a neat like, way to do it. Yeah, and it even confuses the enemies when you do yeah. it. Yeah, which oh, is yeah. neat. Um, but like. Yeah, it's not it's not as uh, integral, and I still you know I, it's it's certainly probably only possible because of the 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 you know the architecture SSD. of the yeah. SSD and everything doesn't really impact anything too much. Like, would I miss it if it wasn't there? Not so much, but it's a cool I mean, fact. It's pretty amazing at times, like yeah. particularly some of the racing stuff when you're going really fast 
and it's just loading those worlds yeah, in. Yeah, that's the, the speed. <laughs> I don't know how they do Not it, even man. just the, even if you weren't switching worlds, the speed at which they move stuff past you, at the, fide- yeah. the fidelity they do, even when you're not changing worlds. Yeah. Like, that's a testament to yeah, how you works, Cause it, Yeah, because you can stop. Because you can stop and look around, and that shit's rendered just like everything else yeah. in the game. It's like driving games. If you wreck and you pull up next to the crowd and you see the crowd's made up out of, like, eight polygons, mm-hmm. it's like that. the racing stuff in this is not like that. Everything yeah, is... Yeah, either, either there's no cheating or Insomniac cheats better than anyone else in the I don't know how they would cheat that. I yeah. really don't. If it's Even the LOD stuff is pristine. Yeah. It's crazy, dude. It's so good. Like I, I'm gonna play this again. Yeah, I'm gonna sure. play it again, and I never play games twice ever. Like I, you know, I, I probably don't. I don't have time for it. But like, if I had my 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 way and infinite free time, I would. When I finish this, I would like to just replay the whole series and then play this again at the end of it. I know I'll definitely never be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have the time for that. Um, also, sneaky Shalit Snake is saying the Digital Foundry has an Insomniac employee talking about it. So oh, that's cool. I'll have to go check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, all I can say, full high marks to Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. You probably haven't mm-hmm. heard me this excited about a game in a long time. And that's because I have not been this excited about a game in a long time. It's good to see something that represents what we're going towards. Mm-hmm. Like Demon Souls Remake is just, like, scratch the surface. Like, the few moments where their faces would be lit up, I'd be like, oh. Right, and some of that is, like, you're also comparing it to the original, the PS3 version, where you're like, oh, my God, this looks so much better than anything I imagined that game. You know, there's a, you know, and this also has that because we played Ratchet and Clank games before, but, like, oh, it's just a different... It's a different level. Yeah, I'm also curious because, like, when we talked about this before, you were, you felt a little more less convinced at the t- at the time. You're sort of like, ah, it's starting to wear a little bit. Like, yeah, it's not. It, you know, it doesn't doesn't hold as as long as you hoped it would. But it sounds like you've really changed your mind. It just on escalated that. as the game mm-hmm. went on. I had stopped and I hadn't played. I talked to you last time about it. I hadn't played it in like four or five days mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and maybe I was trying to tell myself why I shouldn't be playing it. Yeah. <laughs> So I wouldn't, be. like, sacrifice my duties, like, subconsciously that I knew I needed to attend to for E3 um, and play it. And so maybe I was trying to convince yeah. myself a little bit. That, I mean, like, I've been, like I said, deal. I've been doing the same thing. So Yeah. Like, trying to talk myself out of out playing because I know I'll lose five hours yep. before I know it what just, happens. They just rip on by. Yeah. Like, you could – it's a 12 to 15-hour game. You could sit down and play this in one sitting. Like, I could probably do that. Yeah. You could. You absolutely could. You'd be really tired after you're done. Yeah. But I mean, if I started at like 8 in the morning, I could finish it by the end of the day. Yeah, it wouldn't be the game's fault that you didn't do it. It would be because right. your eyes got so dry. Yeah, it would be a physical or... limitation, right. not, exactly. a, not a lack of desire. Exactly. Yeah, so highest marks to Ratchet mm-hmm. and Clank Rift Apart. Again, if you get a PS5, I 100% recommend picking up this game with it. Can we Can we just say, let's make this the new Grand Theft Auto V? <laughs> <laughs> Good I know luck. y'all are going to listen. I know a lot of you, when you no. buy your PS5, you're going to buy Grand Theft Auto V. I know it. I'm just... Yeah, unfortunately, I think Grand Theft Auto V is the new Grand Theft Auto V <laughs> this fall. It will be. Yeah. When it, when the next-gen patch releases yep. or whatever. It's just it's going to be that way. So um, Sometimes it be. Yeah. I mean, would I give this game, like, a perfect 10? Probably not. Like, But it's damn it's close. It's pretty damn close, man. Like, it's really close. I've... I, I've... Like you're I had almost high at the expectations and it exceeded them. Like you're almost at the point where the the ten question here becomes an ethical one. Yeah, 
Literally, yeah. Or what caveats like do you have built into your review score system that mm-hmm. would keep it from getting it? But, like the only th- like you know you're you're in like no game is a ten territory right. at that well, point. Well, I'll put it to you this way: somebody could give this game a perfect ten, and I'd be like, totally get it, mm-hmm. totally freaking get it. Mm-hmm. Would not bat an eyelash at it. So it's yeah. just the craftsmanship, just all the different elements of it. I can play it how I want. The technical achievements. It's just it's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing video game. Go get it if you can. Or get your PS5 first if you can. And I know there's a lot of people still struggling with that. I'm trying to get one for Pactor, and I cannot yeah. get one. And uh, Impossible. It's, it's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. And when you, the other part, too, is that you see a game like this, and you hear people like us talking about it in such glowing terms, it just makes it that much more difficult. It's, mm-hmm. like, it's like Chris Kohler. He, he really loves Final Fantasy. I tried to tell him Origins isn't that great. He didn't care. He's like, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. I play every Final Fantasy thing. Yeah. I'm going to get my PS5. This demo is going to be gone, and I'm not going to be able to play this game until it comes out officially. And so even though I don't think the game is that great, and I think he's crazy for being that big of a Final Fantasy fan, I totally get it. I get his frustration. Well, it's also doubly weird to me because like, I would imagine most Final Fantasy fans would have nothing nice to say about that demo. but Yeah, because it's not... It's not. It does, it's it, not Final Fantasy. No, nah, it doesn't it's nothing scratch like that it. itch. It doesn't. Like, it if it was doesn't. a Final Fantasy 16 demo, I would be much more oh, yeah. uh, I could understand. on the same page. I there. could totally understand him being really angry about that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. I don't think any DLC is going to come for this game, do you? Probably not. You haven't finished it yet, so... And like, I have... I don't think there ever has been. Insomniac doesn't really do that, except... I mean, Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider, but Spider-Man's more modular. It's an open-world game that makes a little more sense for that. Yeah. They leave the door open for a sequel, obviously. Oh, of course. But DLC, not so much. No, the I story, feel... story... Like, and that's another thing I like about it. The story freaking finishes. Yeah. I would love to, I would love to see them, you know, because in the past, they've done, you know, Ratchet trilogies on the system, yeah. you know, on, on PS2 and PS3. Love to see a trilogy come out of the PS5. I hope we'd have to wait so long to get another Ratchet game either. Yeah. Like, this totally got me back into the series. Yeah. Now, like, I'm starting to think, like, which ones haven't I played? Like, should I go back and play them? Now? Like, what you're saying earlier. Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, I feel like I should go back and play into the Nexus. I never did. I just never... I don't know why. It wasn't like a conscious decision no I, pl- I played the future way. trilogy and i liked it a lot i just never went i never got around it was like the, it was kind of tail end of ps3 stuff i was doing other shit i guess i don't know yeah but now i'm like i never bought that game i guess i, should, I gotta go find that game yep so it's probably like a thousand dollars now or something believe the hype yeah <laughs> rift apart is that freaking amazing it's really good all right we're gonna go to q a uh get your questions into the chat at sifted games while you guys do that here's a word from our sponsor It's time to find out why everyone is buying homes in Montana. The Shazer Ryan Realty has a totally remodeled four-bedroom, three-bath home for sale in Libby, Montana. Nestled next to the mountains on Libby Creek, this split-level home features almost 3,300 square feet of living space and includes a fully finished basement, a two-car garage, a barn, a shop, and much more. There's a covered back porch just off the kitchen, so you can enjoy your morning coffee the way nature intended. At $479.9, it's an absolute steal. They're selling homes as fast as they can list them. So if you're interested, do not hesitate to call Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643. Even if you don't live in Montana, you can contact the professionals at DeShazer Ryan Realty and they can help you with property in your area. For more, head to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. All right, let's Montana. get... Montana, it's Lombax-tastic. 
I'll probably replace that for the archive, but I honestly wonder if they would even mind if we left it in there. I mean, there's worse things to be associated with. Absolutely. One of the best games released, I would argue, in the last, like, Mm -hmm. five or ten years. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's get to some Q&A. Now we can do this, which is really exciting. We can put up your questions in the show. You can get your name in the show, aside from pledging at 30 bucks a month or more. Uh, we have some time, so we're going to answer a bunch of them. Let's see. Eth Demon, have you two played Titanfall 2 single player? Yeah, absolutely. We love it. I think it's the best first-person shooter campaign maybe ever. Maybe. It's up there it's for up sure. There. Uh, Ratchet feels heavily inspired by the time travel level of Titanfall 2. Yeah, I mean, it I does have that. kind of that rifting stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, though it doesn't seem to use the wrist stuff as much as I would like. Agreed, but mm-hmm. it came out a long time ago. So I w- yeah, so it's all, I would also say um, uh, Dishonored Two yeah. has that thing where you have the little fan that can see through time, see yep. through the alternate dimension. Oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that. So there's been studios that have teased this, have tried yeah. to do stuff, but not to this. Yeah, tears in time and dimensions are not new, but yeah. uh, Ratchet uses it in a f- with a fluidity that I've rarely seen. Yep. Yep. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that this tech is used in other places, mm-hmm. and that we get more examples of we'll it. Well, see, I mean, it seems it seems like a very specific thing, uh, but I imagine it's you got a whole kinds of, all other kinds of uses. I yep. Imagine Gran Turismo is using a lot of it just for the sake of loading assets in at yeah. high speed. Absolutely. Uh, let's see, Scorpio's finest. Does a game need to push the medium forward in order to win Game of the Year? Good question. Uh, not for me. It just needs to be really good. I know. It just needs to be the best game released yeah. that year. That's all it is. Simple. Mm-hmm. Like, And how much you weight innovation is going to be different upon every person. Mm-hmm. I put more weight at innovation than Matt does. Um, so I may be more inclined to bump up a more innovative game that isn't quite as polished over something that is polished. Matt would be more inclined to go with the more mm-hmm. polished game. So um, those discussions just happen during game of the year, and you figure it out, and you find an yeah. agreement everyone can be happy with. I mean, you you, you look at you know you don't have to really innovate when it d- depends on what you're doing and how po- you know if you get like the most polished, unimaginably like creative in terms of design Mario game of all time. Uh, there's sort of an element of like, well, how what what do you need innovation there for if you've perfected something? Something that's been in, you know, like you said, Mario hasn't evolved a ton since Mario sixty four. Yeah, but I would say that a game. I I was hoping Odyssey might do it. I don't think it did, but another like you know another Mario game that just like sort of nails it in a way that like they've never nailed it or haven't nailed it since Mario sixty four. Like that's worth a lot. Yep. Even if they don't come up with a new game mechanic that changes the whole landscape of the game. Yep, it's a good way to put it. Great question, <clears throat> Scorpio's finest. Um, GX Gear on oh, no, us not a question. One Super Master Gamer, what do you think of the controversy <laughs> with the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's? What <laughs> what controversy? Oh, um, it was found through uh, donation tracker things that he has donated tens of thousands of dollars to uh, various Republican, uh, uh, Mitch McConnell, Trump, etc. Mm. I mean, he's a hardline right wing Christian evangelical Christian and always has been. Uh, so this, it shouldn't be surprising to anybody. Um. I don't know. I mean, I kind of assumed he was doing that anyway. So. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I have been unpleasantly surprised by a lot of people. <clears throat> True. I, this last... this was not a surprise to me. Yeah, um, I don't know anything about him. All I know is he. I I mean, I kind of admire this the the tale in the sense that he was making like kind of Christian educational games, mm-hmm. and he got really upset finally that none of them were doing well or selling. 
uh, and said like, and this, at the time the trend was like kind of the horror game and the Twitch meta of the of the horror game reaction React, stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I can make a scary game just like you guys, so I'm going to do that. So he made Five Nights at Freddy's and it exploded. But and like, don't I, you think it's weird that someone from his perspective would make a horror game? I mean, that is part of what makes it an interesting story, right? Is I like, guess. is that the way he did? You know, <laughs> um, and it depends. I mean, I've certainly known uh, evangelical people in my life who love horror things and love stuff. They're like that. They're not supposed to. They don't. They can well, they like, can do it. They're, they're not supposed to love demonic stuff, but Five Nights at Freddy's isn't necessarily demons. I mean, I don't know. I grew up in the church, and I was not supposed to be watching any type of horror. I think anything. that I, I think that's uh, a family to family thing most of the time, or, or, church, or church to church. To church. It's sure. a preacher who preaches. I mean, I've, again, I knew a lot of evangelical families growing up, and like the people who went to the Covenant Church didn't watch any of that stuff. The people who went to Mental Park Presbyterian were the ones who invited me to see the Friday the Thirteenth movie sleep. Well, a lot so. of Christian kids are the craziest kids in school because they I, rebel against right. their parents. Well, this was this was definitely with the permission of the parents. It was at their houses. Wow, it was a permission of the thing. that would not have happened with my church. Friends. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, also, again, I live in the Bay Area. Like, even the evangelicals are probably a little, loose, a little, 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 little less more uptight. <laughs> um, but, like, we weren't allowed to watch, like, Warlock or anything. Yeah. But we could watch Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street or something. Like, yeah. the, the lines were different depending on who went to what church. I was Catholic. I didn't know. We didn't care. Like, it was just like, my, dad would, take, my dad would take me to see anything. And he's, he's yeah. like, ah, just, if you have a problem with it, just go to confession. It's like you get I, out of I it. was forced to go to evangelical holy rollers, talking in tongues, dancing around mm. the aisles, church. Um, and believe me, it wow. was frowned upon to watch any of that type of stuff. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but so. he, but that's what he did, and it blew up. And uh, he didn't have to make uh, games, games teaching you about Jesus with beavers anymore. So I mean, <laughs> good, good work for that. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that's always been sort of his story, and so the fact that he was donating tons of tens of thousands of dollars to politicians he believes are going to push a pro-life agenda is not shocking to me. Uh, I just assumed that was the case to begin with, but a yeah. lot of people are not cool with supporting that, and as a result, he seems to have retired uh, with his more Gobs than enough money. money uh, so yeah. I, I'm sure he's fine there. Yeah, uh, and it seems you know he made tons of those games, and he's he's not going to finish that new one. I think, actually doesn't I think look I don't like think he's making that. Once. I think uh, I think he's he just, just I think that's a license yeah. cuz the, the other, like the first four at least I think were made by him alone. I think he was just it was mostly a one man operation there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know anything about him. So and I don't judge him. I don't care that he's a Christian or he believes. Okay, about that. I mean, you donate that much money to Mitch McConnell in 2020, you tell me what you need to tell me about yourself. Well, here's but. my point is that I think that evangelicals are Christians who support people like Donald Trump or Mitch McConnell aren't real Christians because Mm. those people are anti-Christian. The things that they say and the things that they do are not what's taught in the Bible. And they Mm. use abortion as a Trojan horse to get people to support them. So um, he was fooled and he was hoodwinked. So I don't begrudge him. I do think he was gullible and stupid. Well, I mean, that's been their strategy since we were were very, very young. uh, But now we're we're turning into a Vice uh, video from uh, (laughs) Vice.com. Yeah. Uh, all right, Next up, question. snake handlers, the expose. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, uh, what's up with those Quakers anyway? Here's one from Ed Rock, the truth. I love your name, by the way. <laughs> um, I think Rift Apart is the best one out of the whole series. Which other franchise? I can get behind that. Yeah. Has had yeah, I'd agree with that too. Has had a sequel years later that you consider to be out of that franchise. The best out of the. I would oh, the, be- the best out of that franchise. You consider to be the best out of that franchise. So, hmm. I mean, Halo. 
Yeah, Halo 3, I would say, is yeah. the peak of that. I um, mean, I would argue most 3D Mario platformers are better than Super Mario 64. Um, I wouldn't say Sunshine, probably. I would say Gal. I mean, my favorite Mario game is, is Galaxy. Yeah, me too. For sure. Yeah, it's, I think it's way 3D, better. 3D game, anyway. Yeah, than Super Mario 64. Um, it, I would say Ocarina. I mean, that's yeah. the fourth game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's tons. There's yeah. a lot. I could go on and on. I think a lot of people would say Dead Space 2 was better than the first Dead Space. I'll say this I don't, this might be a little bit of sacrilege. Doom 2016, I think is the best Doom game. I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. And I like it better than Eternal too. Yeah, same. Yeah. I like what Eternal I don't like actually no, just, I don't like what Eternal is going for, but I respect that there are people who prefer that approach. That's just yeah. not my preferred approach. Yeah. Um I liked what 2016 did more. Yep. I agree. It was pure. Um also like Skyrim yeah, like or yeah. even Morrowind. I mean, yeah. Morrowind came way after, uh, yeah. you know, Arena and Daggerfall. I mean, I'll be um, honest with you, I can't. It's harder for me to name a franchise where the first right. game was the best one. Right, that's the tougher um, question, honestly. Yeah, the um, yeah. sometimes they overcomplicate that. That's, or, it's not like movies. Like movies tend to tend to the be the best worse. first. I mean, not always <laughs> anymore, but for a long most of our yeah. lives, that was the conventional wisdom that like you know because the, the, the sequels are always a cash in. Yeah, you're trying to build on something to make more money, whereas the first movie tends to be you know the real story they wanted to tell. Yeah, um, and the one that had the more more the passion behind it rather than the commercial interests. Um, whereas with games, I think games just get better. Like the iteration on. How, how the gameplay works, how the controls work, uh, the hardware you have to work with. Yeah. Like the idea that game sequels get better with uh, over time as more of them come out, I don't think is a, an unusual one. Also, because games are more driven by advances in technology. Yeah. Movies are helped by it. Don't and get me wrong. And driven by advances in how we interact with the games and, and yep. gameplay innovation. You know, that is where the innovation comes in is how you interact with these things. And even Kojima agree. You know, Kojima doesn't consider games to be art. And the re- he thinks it's an art form making them, but yeah. what they create isn't necessarily art. And he says it's because someone who plays Metal Gear, the original Metal Gear today, is not going to get the same experience of, ex- of, of experiencing that game as someone who played it when it came out. Whereas if you look at the Mona Lisa today, you are not getting a tremendously different experience from someone who looked at it the day it was painted. Yeah, I get that. Um, I which I think that. is a very astute observation. Yeah. Like I pretty much agree with that, yeah. I think. Um, it makes sense. I think, uh, and and uh, so there's, there's something to be said there. Like the fact that games are a medium where we, the literal way you consume them changes over time, and I would argue mostly improves over time. Mm-hmm. Like just the introduction of the freaking analog stick. Yeah. Like it's hard analog buttons. It's hard to compare triggers, that. Yeah. All of it. It just yeah yeah. That actually ended up being a good question though. I think <laughs> it got us into no, a, good a good conversation. Question. Uh, okay, let's get to a couple more here. Uh, Sneaky, Solid, Snake. How you doing, bro? Uh, how big of a loss will it be if Horizon 2 doesn't make it this year? It's the reason me and all the lads got PS5s will be upset. I would say you should go play Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart and feel a lot better about buying uh, the PS5. Well, then, then you didn't, didn't see his comments about Ratchet. Oh, what were his comments about I, Ratchet? He's not a huge fan. Why? Uh, I didn't get to see all of it, but I didn't. I did see that he said um, he uh, struggled to play more than an hour of it at a time. This wasn't wasn't his deal. Is he one of those guys I was talking about? It's got to be mature. I don't think so. I ain't I, playing I, them kitty games. Know. Just doesn't click with him. Like I'll be upset if Horizon <laughs> Two doesn't make it because Horizon was my favorite game of 2017. And if Horizon Two doesn't make it, I lose the fantasy game, fantasy draft. Like no question. Yeah, like, that ra- would be the nail. In the the entire yeah, the entire. Not even like not even win or lose the, the 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 my literal ability to be competitive 
Depends rests on that entirely on Horizon or higher coming. too. Yeah, yeah. Or, but at the very least, it rests on it coming out this year. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's a kind of a double whammy there, where I'm like, it's not why I bought a PS5. It's not like I would be upset that I not like I feel like I lost. I had no reason to own a PS5 this year uh, if it doesn't come out, but it sure would uh, make my holiday season less interesting. Look at this, JM Rain 99. I mentioned I, I didn't see this. I mentioned I have a chance of a PS5 Direct from Sony. Shane, I sent you a message about this. If you want one for Pat, where'd you send me the message, bro? I didn't see anything. And yes, I absolutely want it. Um, we'll connect offline um, this afternoon, in fact. Uh, we're friends on Facebook, so I'll send you like a DM on Facebook or whatever. Mm. I did not see... Your messages, man. I don't know what happened there. Um, Scorpio's finest. Oh, we already answered that question. JM Rain making it rain again. Thank you for all the tier one subs given out to our viewers. Another reason to show up at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday, except next Tuesday. <laughs> don't forget, we do not have a show on Tuesday. Uh, uh, Ed H420, when are you planning the Civic Community Mario Maker 2 Challenge stream? The plan was by the end of the month, but I did not think that we were going to, um, that I was going to be able to leave and go home. So a lot of it will depend on if I do make the trip back home to see my family. If I do, it'll be pushed to July. If I don't, it'll be like next week. So if you're working on levels for that, I would just keep working on them and try to get them finished because one way or another, it's going to be in the next six weeks, if that makes sense. Um, do we have any more? Not Cirque. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Thanks to everybody who subscribed with Twitch Prime that we maybe missed. Um, and the big argument about religion. And <laughs> here's one from Vincent. Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime. What can Ratchet and Clank do to improve its formula? I think we were trying to figure that out during the discussion. Uh, the obvious answers are either going full open world or adding multiplayer, but I don't know if those would be definite improvements. I think you can make a great multiplayer out of Ratchet and Clank. I mean, they already did that. The balancing so. would be really tough. They, if you are, wanted... they already did make that game. Yeah. So I didn't find it particularly compelling. Yeah. Uh, was I that feel like full, they could do a full better frontal? job. Yeah, full frontal. Yeah. yeah. Full frontal assault. I feel like they could do a better job of that now, yeah. though. Uh, balancing I, would be a nightmare. That is though. absolutely not what I want. So yeah. uh, I, I, I just... <laughs> You could do. I guess you could do. I, I don't know how you do full open world when so much of the game is is rooted in planet to planet, like travel. Well, I think you make bigger would have planets. one planet, or maybe two planets, and then you build eventually a ship that can take you to the other planet or whatever. There are parts of this game that are open world. Yeah, like where it's just this huge open expanse, and like you have to go out and like solve stuff. But yeah, I mean, you want to make that's each, the exception. You want to make each world a little bigger in that regard, sure. But I don't want to give up the ability to travel to all these different. Pl- like the, that's too much the appeal of the game. To yeah. Me. Um, every time I every time you go to a new planet and you see them like zoom the ship in on a new, I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to see what this is. I can't like, tell you how many screenshots I took mm-hmm. of that moment where you come to a new planet and your ship's flying in and you can just see the planet. It's... I, like, I'm, like I'm, sometimes I'm playing this game and I'm just like, Starfield, take note. Good luck. Like, good luck with it. Yeah. Good luck topping the, the Ratchet and Clank game I know. for space exploration. Because some of this is just gorgeous and some of it, like, the, the, the worlds just feel like different places and alien places. You know, it's, it's great. Like, the imagination on display is so good that you're just sitting there sort of like, oh, your work's cut out for you there, Bethesda, I got to say. I would um, love to hear why Sneaky Shalich Snake he said He just said right there. I play Fortnite, so it's not a childish game issue. I mean, Fortnite isn't a childish game. 
I don't know. You can you can make a xenomorph do the Macarena with a predator. It's yeah, but you can do the <laughs> Macarena in every game now. I mean, everybody has like the winning like emotes and stuff. Everything has that. I don't think I don't consider Fortnite childish at all. I mean, I realize that most of the players are younger, but they're all just trying to be esports stars. I don't think it's because it's a ch- a kid's game. Uh, but anyway, I play Fortnite, so it's not a childish game issue. Ha ha. I just didn't find the story or gameplay. <laughs> okay whatever you say bro um, maybe if you recreated an ms paint <laughs> exactly that's a good one uh facebook jam rain okay hit me up man and we'll connect um last one from scorpio's finest any plans to organize an all multiplayer session cod maybe with sifted users i have tried to do this before and no one shows up that's true <laughs> i have tried to do this and no one shows up i have done marathon live patreon drive streams where there are like 300 of you watching me play and i will look into the camera and be like yo somebody fire up your console and join (laughs) me and no one will join me i've tried um if you can get a group together on the site and like five of you come to me and you're like i'm ready we'll play whenever you can play i will do it in a heartbeat I will do a stream just for that. Or just get three of them and play Dark Alliance together. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll take a hard pass on that one. Um, I would love to. I would love to play with all you guys. I would love to play Rocket League with some of you guys. Do any of you play? Add me on Xbox Live, which is, I play it on Xbox. I'm Dinfire everywhere. You can add me wherever you want. Add me on Xbox. Let's play some Rocket League. Um, I need good people to play with because I'm literally about to quit that game because I just can't mm-hmm. take... I'm at the skill level now where I cannot take playing with a crappy player anymore. I just can't. Um, so, yeah, I'm down to play with you guys all day, every day. Like, I need people to play with. I want people to play with. So, yeah, let's do it. Um, and if I would say maybe a target, give us a little time to figure it out, maybe Battlefield 2042. Maybe that's a game we could all get together and play. That game looks insane, by the way. And I'm more excited the more that I look. Oh, and Vincent says... Go back to Knockout City. I'm willing to do that as well. That's cross-platform play. I'll play that with you guys. Uh, the first step is adding me, and I am Dinfire everywhere. I'm Dinfire on Nintendo, Microsoft, Xbox, Twitter, name it. I'm Dinfire, except for League of Legends, where somebody somehow got Dinfire hmm. before me, and I am the real Dinfire. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's it, people. Um, this was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. Thanks to everyone who stayed on the chat, asked great questions. It's a lot more fun than Dark Alliance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks for everybody who hooked us up with Twitch Prime during the stream. I'm sorry if I missed some of you guys. Uh, Sneaky's asking me if I play Fortnite. I do not. That is one game that I do not play. I mean, you have. I have. But... And I've played it a good bit, but I don't play it consistently, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that's a no for me. Uh, getting me on Fortnite. I'd rather play, like, I hate to say it, a real shooter. <laughs> no offense to anyone who likes it or plays it. Like, there's a million reasons why you would. Hot I, takes in a hot tub tonight. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, no, I don't play it. So, if you guys want to jump on anything else, though, I am down. Uh, let's see. Another reminder. There's no Game Face next week. Do not be here on Twitch at 1 o'clock next Tuesday. Um, we should be back the following Tuesday. Follow us on Twitter if you're not already. Uh, to get all the info on that, that is at Sifted Games. Um, as I said on Twitter, I am Dinfire. If you want to find Matt, he is at M Kyle. That's K E I L. Um, so no show next week. We'll be back in a couple weeks, and we'll ha- it'll be another great episode because there will be this big backlog of games. Scarlet Nexus is coming out this week. Mm. Uh, Mario Golf comes out this week, right. I think, this Friday. 
Uh, so there'll be lots of stuff to talk about when we do come back. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you want to know what's going on with the site, make sure you follow us at Sifted Games. Uh, if you're listening to Game Face out on any of the podcast services, and I now know there are a lot of you, listen to me in your earbuds as you're going to work or in your car or whatever. Go to Patreon.com. Oh, well, now I'm doing the AMSR or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm whispering into the microphone. Yeah. Go to Patreon.com. If you donate, he'll, he'll lick the microphone. <laughs> definitely. And go, we'll get banned from Twitch. Yeah, definitely not happening. Uh, but anyway, if you're listening to us out in Twitter or podcast land or whatever, uh, help us. We need the help. We are supported 100% by Patreon. Uh, we don't have any ads running on Sifted at all, although we're trying to fix that. Um, so head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E in sifted. And uh, kick us a pledge. Again, $4 a month gets you everything early. It also gets you private podcast feeds. People still can't seem to wrap their heads around the podcast feeds, Matt. Like, I mm. get messages on Patreon where they're like, our patrons are using the free podcast feed instead of using the one that they get as a patron that gives it the minute that the show drops. Do it. The instructions are on Patreon with every post we make. Step-by-step instructions on how to hook up your feeds. Everything changes for you with Sifted once you do that. Once you have Pactor Factor, Sifted Radio, and Game Phase feeds, literally the minute this is published tomorrow morning, it pops up in your podcast feed. The minute. So do it. It takes like a second. Uh, Maybe there's too many words and it's intimidating people. I don't know. (laughs) But I want to make sure that they don't mess it up. Um, But anyway, it's very simple. It literally takes five seconds to hook up your podcast feeds. Do it. It's there for a reason. We want to hook you guys up so you have access to all our content whether you're out on the road, whether you're at home, whether you're watching on your TV or whatever, we do the best that we can to supply all that stuff. So, uh, Matt, anything exciting for games that you're you're excited for this week? Um, not really. I'm just I'm just looking forward to getting back to Ratchet and Clank when I got some time. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're a little more than halfway done, so you don't mm-hmm. have too much further to go. But uh, yeah, other than that, like. Um, I am. I'm curious to see how Scarlet Nexus turned out. Um, the demo intrigued demo, me. A bit. Yeah, the demo was uh, was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it would hold my attention through a whole game. Depends on how long like, it is. Yeah, you're gonna have to see how that goes. I, I it did remind me of how alienated I always feel from like the supernatural anime stuff. Mm-hmm. Like as someone who grew up with mecha stuff and and kind of sci- more sci-fi stuff. Every time anime goes into like more supernatural ghost stuff or psychic stuff or things like that, I always just like. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, there's just something about the way it, like, anime tends to treat that stuff yeah. that I just I have no affili- affinity for it at yeah. all. Um, and this is also the same same way, but like I like the mechanics of picking things up and smashing stuff. Yeah, you know, yep. it just felt satisfying, which is something that I don't get to say too much about those anime character action games. Yep. Um, outside of something yeah, outside of the top stuff like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, interested to see where that goes. I'm pretty excited for Mario Golf Super Rush. In all honesty, yeah, I do like the the Mario the Mario Golf stuff. Also, we could play that online since as like well, guys. <coughs> Hot Shot together. slash Everybody's Golf is pretty much dead. Yeah, this um, is all we got. The only now. game in town now. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, also, if you are broke, and I totally get it, I have been broke many times in my life, and so I totally understand. You can't afford to help us. You can do a lot of stuff for us still. You can retweet our tweets when we publish the show on YouTube. You can like the show on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel on YouTube. You can hit the bell thingy on YouTube. You can go on podcast services and give our podcast a review. 
that can make a big difference for us too. So there's options for everyone, regardless of what your financial situation is. But I hope that everybody is doing well in that way. Everyone's going back to work now, and hopefully everyone's been able to find a job. So anyway, I'm going to miss you guys while we're gone for the next couple of weeks. Uh, but trust that we'll be playing a lot of games, getting ready for our next episode. Until then, Game Face is up and out.